<laughs> teacher's pet. <laughs> I want to be teacher's pet. <laughs> so awkward. It's so great. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hi! And for music video sins, Barrett Share. Yo! Ooh. And today, your balls drop. <laughs> what, what happened? You hear <laughs> your balls drop off. <laughs> uh, Everybody's going to want to come on this show. After this. They are. They are. Um, well, today we're going to go back onto our road trip. Road trip. On the road again. The most time honored tradition of all the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. And we're going to go to Missouri. 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 All right, Missouri. All right, listen, Missouri. Mm -hmm. I'm talking straight to Missouri right Right? now. Talking some straight talk. You got to come out with some better movies. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's some good movies set in Missouri, but there ain't a lot of them, and you need to get on that. This may be one of the most. We haven't seen most of these in a states we have right and right? that's personally, right yeah for there some were... reason i know what you meant by that i know <laughs> but there's baird has two lists they're about equal in length and and there's one list of ones he's seen or thinks he's seen and one one that he's hoping we've seen <laughs> i've seen at least two on that second list nice. so i will have something to say okay um but yeah you gotta step it up missouri yeah, there's a few i haven't seen on here um Why don't you chill with the arches for a bit and get moving on the movies mm-hmm. um i guess Gillian Flynn is from from Missouri, right? I, I don't know, but there are a couple of her things. Did you say Gillian? Uh huh. It's not Gillian. No, it's Gillian. God, this world blows my fucking mind. I know, right? <laughs> and since if it, if I guess the name starts with a G and it's spelt like Gillian, it's Gillian usually. It's well, I mean, Gillian a, Jacobs is like that. Well, but Gillian and who is the Scully? Who's yeah. Oh, Jillian, Jillian Anderson. Anderson. Jillian Anderson. Yes. Is she Gillian. She's a she's with a G. Yeah. You guys, Sesame Street, remember? There's G, Gary, G, George. I guess. This? <laughs> no, I don't Jesus. I guess in the end. Yeah, I do remember Okay, that. good. I do. I guess there's a, I guess there's, it just comes down to you have to hear them actually mm. say their name. Yeah. And then it, it kills me though when you don't know that, you've never heard them say it, you've never heard it in a movie trailer or anything, and then you pronounce it wrong. Someone's <laughs> like, it's fucking Gillian. <laughs> yeah. Or like Killian Murphy. Where right. It's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Man. Like everybody said Cillian Murphy when they first saw that <laughs> right. name. And oh, then finally you heard somebody actually say the name. Right. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're Killian. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, We're going to start off Missouri with The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Man, that's a good movie. It's about 20 minutes too long. Oh, you think? Or too slow. Mm, yeah, I would think it's too slow because the ending is really compelling. Who directed this? This guy is somebody who's gone on to make something else that we care about. Uh, it was Andrew Andrew Dominic. Click his name. Oh, he did, uh, was it Lord of War? Uh, Killing Them Softly. Killing Them Softly. The Brad Pitt. Yeah, which is, uh, is an interesting uh, movie that I don't think most people like at all. I really, I really like yeah, killing yeah. them softly, but um, yeah, I don't remember too much about this movie. I did watch it in theaters, and I remember Casey Affleck being pretty good in it, mm-hmm. and I remember Brad Pitt being all right in it, mm-hmm. and I don't remember anything else. This is maybe the spoileriest title of all time. <laughs> it I guess is. so. <laughs> it is. It's one of those, it's doing that storytelling thing where it, it wants to, I guess, build 
suspense or tension by telling you ahead of time. So you're always wondering how we're going to work to, it's almost like hot tub time machine where they're always trying to figure out how his arm gets ripped off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think Brad Pitt's performance, this is very, I think he was instructed much like Willem Dafoe was in American Psycho to play it both ways during different takes because he is good in this movie, but I feel like he's playing guy so mysterious. You never really know if and when you can trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's the point. Um, yeah, I remember I didn't see this when it came out. I saw it a few years later, and I remember liking it more than I expected to, but mm-hmm. still feeling like it was either too long or moving too slow to really fully grip me. No, it does take a while to tell the story. Now, the the story is compelling because it's Jesse James doing their last ride, basically the James gang doing their last big score, and then a rival gang trying to infiltrate them while... Uh, Robert Ford is trying to get in there too. I think he starts off with the best of intentions, like wanting to join them, mm-hmm. and then he kind of gets turned. And so, yeah, I mean, it does it does take a while to kind of get those nuts and bolts. Sam Rockwell's in there; he's really good mm-hmm. too. Um, it does take a while to get there, but I think uh, Casey Affleck's performance in in particular really like grounds this because he's this little brother character looking up to Jesse James the whole time. And then he has to eventually pull the trigger and he shoots him in the back. Mm -hmm. And so it's a cowardly act. Mirroring what happened with Casey and Ben in real life. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. (laughs) Uh, And then when Robert Ford and his brother get famous off of this, Mm -hmm. because he assassinated them. That's almost why they do it. Don't they do it for money? Yeah, they do like a a vaudeville act afterwards. They they travel around and they they reenact this assassination. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like a weird dramatic right. makeup and they reenact the assassination and what that does is cement his legacy not as the guy who killed jesse james but as the coward mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's the critical reception to him and yeah when you see that kind of way down on on affleck's uh performance it's re- it's really good it's worth i mean uh, worth it just goes to show probably not a good idea to shoot anyone in the back yep yep yeah if i've said it once i've <laughs> said it a million times yeah exactly it's so cowardly that even in 2007 you'll have <laughs> a movie made yeah. casey affleck had a good 2007 yeah yeah this did. was gone baby gone right? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah pretty good he's way better in gone baby gone than this but he's great in both mm-hmm. yeah um then there's child's play three Okay, that that somehow made it into Missouri. <laughs> Do they go to like? Well, the- because the first two are in, at least the first one is in Chicago. Yeah, and uh, what this one is, and I had to look it up to refresh my memory. I've seen it. Um, I have not. They kill all the Chucky dolls at, as well. They should at mm-hmm. the end of the th- uh, the second one, but then you know enough time has gone on to where there's there's enough goodwill. For them to start making Chucky dolls again. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my it's God. just like Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's exactly like Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chucky Fallen Kingdom. That's right. Oh, my God. I would watch that movie in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. No, no for real. Uh, uh, this is shitty. This is, I believe, right before they start going to Bride of Chucky and start embracing that camp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is much more interesting well, to me than just a rehash. No, I know the first one... I, the first one seemed like it was, even though it was ridiculous, didn't really get on board with the comedy of it yet. No, no, definitely Like, not. it felt like it was trying to be serious. Then, as sequels started coming out, it became more of a wisecracking kind of villain and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, of course, then they got Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. Yeah. Which, now they're working on another one. Are they now? I forget what it's called, but Did they're Jennifer working on Did Jennifer Tilly get uh, killed off? And she must have gotten killed off on in one of those, right? I yeah she did she was i think she was an actual physical human being at one point and then like her soul went into uh the uh 
the doll. Who? Nice. And Jennifer Tilly. Oh, she fucks him. Yeah. Well, right. and then she becomes the doll. Does she become the doll after the fucking? I'm pretty sure she fucks because him as a human. I think I thought because there's definitely a scene between the two dolls when they're fucking. Maybe I got it. Now wrong. that could be the seat of Chucky where they're the dolls. <laughs> that could be because there's. It, I think there's like shadows, like it's shadows of them like banging each other. And <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> plastic parts. In no, it's like re- like for real. They like made it look real almost because sh- they can't. They're not showing the dolls. They're showing the shadows. So the shadows look. Like, oh, that looks like actual people having sex. The Barrett's searches when he's doing like <laughs> editing notes for this episode are going to be like, did Jennifer Tilly fuck the doll in Child's <laughs> yep. Play? Exactly. Uh, right mm-hmm. My Google search history. Uh, I, can't, I don't up. even want to clear it up right now. Let's wait to find out whether <laughs> yeah, she did or not. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, Child's Play three sucks. Yes, uh, okay. it does. Uh, then there is okay. So Deep Impact. Uh, how much of that is in? Is, is the in, Elijah Wood shit there? Yeah, yeah. The Biederman whatever wolf beaterman wolf beaterman i'm ashamed he's, to know that he's the wolf i think and the scientist dude is beaterman yeah i think so mm. i think it's the other way around <laughs> probably is. i think he's beaterman and then lily selbieski's his girlfriend yes deep impact man yeah obviously a lot of it takes place in washington mm. and like uh all the places where shit goes down but um i liked this movie more than i liked armageddon yeah back this when came I saw out it. before armageddon yeah and i went back and watched it again Ooh. man this you know who's in this? Ron Eldard's in this. He goes blind in yeah. space. <laughs> yeah, and then right. Morgan Freeman plays the president. <laughs> and and uh, Taylor is the newswoman. Fucking uh, uh, Robert Duvall is the crusty old bastard up in the. That's uh, right. The space the, cowboy. Yeah. 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 Taylor has has her Rogue One moment at the end of the movie. She sure does, man. She gets killed as fuck. Yeah. Oh man, and she's <laughs> she's like. <laughs> So does her dad. Yeah. Remember they get that. Like, and everything. That's one thing about natural disasters that wipe out half the population is they do tend to heal broken family relationships. Mm-hmm. Right at the end. They do. They do. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, can we talk about, well, do we need to talk about Deep Impact more? No, it's barely Missouri. Really. I mean, yeah. we could talk about it more when we get to space. I mean, we, <laughs> we should totally take the road trip into space. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's a Tesla out there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, We don't have to talk about Deep Impact that much. It's about a fucking asteroid hitting the goddamn Earth. That's right. And then they do do a lottery to decide who gets to go into the mountain cave and and live. And and instead of what they do in Armageddon, which is to send a bunch of oil riggers up and to try to, like, put a bomb into the fucking thing, (laughs) they they just like, well, I guess most of us are going to die because that's what would normally happen. Yep. Mm. Um, Or we we're going to get hit by one and nobody's going to see it coming so yes. that's that's the other part of it mm-hmm. well, th- or they'll see it coming and they just won't tell us yeah yep. yeah yeah because there's nothing they can do that's probably the most plausible if you want to know the truth right i know mm. they're out there looking for it but if you think okay anything under six months they're not going to tell us well this is the whole subterfuge of not only deep impact but also 2012 is that the government knows about it way in advance and taya leone actually accidentally right. herself because she thinks morgan freeman's having an affair with this girl named ellie but it's also it's, it's ele extinction level event ah, yes. and so she asks about ellie and he has to come forward and say oh this is our whole world is gonna explode yeah right yeah. explode it's yeah. gonna explode Kaboom. real good <laughs> um then there is gone girl 
I was surprised to know that this was in Missouri, but yeah. 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 Well, apparently that Gillian Flynn likes to write that Sharp Objects is set in Missouri. That's right. That Mm -hmm. Sharp Objects fourth episode, I think, just ruined the series for me. Oh, really? It's good, but I think they just told me everything I need to know on accident. Oh, all right. There's one character in the fourth episode that makes such a dramatic shift in behavior that it's either the grossest red herring ever Mm. or i know who the bad guy is anyway gone girl is not the same story as sharp well uh gillian flynn has this knack for like you know having serpentine plots and like double and triple crosses and stuff like that and reveals later on and Mm -hmm. things like that i really like this book Mm -hmm. i really like this movie Mm -hmm. too i Mm -hmm. know uh fincher fans i think kind of discredit it uh, because it's not up there with with you know his best. Yeah. Um. Do you guys like this movie? I like, but don't love. Is it Affleck's performance? Um. It's it's partially Affleck. It's partially how dark the movie is. But mm. I also don't necessarily really don't want to sound like a whiny little bitch. But I don't like it when a movie fucks with me that much, mm. just for the sake of fucking with me. Right. Yeah. Like, I think it probably plays a lot better in book form. Yeah, it does. It does does in movie form. And maybe it's just that it's just one of those things where I knew going in something twisty was going to happen. And so it really, I don't know. Did we sin this? Yeah, Yeah. we did. Did we do a let's talk about her plan? I'm pretty sure we did because especially when she stuffs all the stuff in the... In the backyard mm-hmm. without anybody knowing. Yeah, and he doesn't ever go to that shed for the yeah, entire the movie. And there, was, there was something fishy about that. Of course, I know. There's some people out there who will be like, oh, it's totally plausible. But I, it didn't seem plausible to me. We do get a, a good Tyler Perry performance out of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And those are kind of right. And mm-hmm. I, I like I like how the narrative goes. I mean, the you know, the, the problem is, is that you know, you know pretty well in advance, even if you haven't even read the story that she's alive like there's no way that she she can't be mm-hmm. i know that's a big huge spoiler but yeah. yeah but uh i do like how that narrative goes because it's mainly him for the first half and then it shows what she did yeah. in the second half and explains how she got it now yeah that's the thing like all the things that she had to set up i mean it must have taken uh, I mean, like a year or something or longer to get yeah a whole like uh make sure you can make friends with the neighbor that's and get some <laughs> of her pregnant pee and right all that stuff. <laughs> exactly yeah, there's, there's like so many things that have to go right for this <laughs> yeah. to work and uh, yes yeah, she's gotta yeah. store the pregnant pee um but yeah, I like this overall. I, I do. I mean, I, and I think that uh, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, his performance isn't very good. In it is way the fuck over the yeah, top, man. I, I like Neil Patrick Harris, but this is a little bit too much for him, I think. Um, <laughs> if he's going to go this over the top, he needs to be playing himself like in Harold and Kumar. Yeah, and shit like that, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and but yeah, I mean, in Ben Affleck's performance, you brought that up. That's another one that's just kind of hard. To, I mean... I know he's supposed to be a certain way in this. He's but supposed he's so to be fucking kind of a, dumb. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's such so dumb that it's hard to be like, I don't know what to really think about this guy. You know, like, yeah. I don't know if I want him to win. You know, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. kind of that type of thing at the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like it overall. I'm not saying with Jer- I think I'm with Jeremy on that. I don't love it either. I like that uh, Rosman Pike does that. Uh, that narration, the cool girl monologue oh, yeah, in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just, 
getting raw. Mm -hmm. Like, here's what I did, and I'm going to tell you everything about it, too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, she's good. She's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Did not know that was Missouri. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I guess do. I guess especially when uh, well, yeah, they moved down there because their parent, her parents are um, are sick or something like that. Her dad is sick uh, or something like yeah. that. And then like when she drives off, then she's like in the heart of Missouri. There, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and she runs into some like redneck uh, robber people or whatever. Who she doesn't play her cards very well. That part of the movie. That's another weird. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. she's like carrying around like all this cash right. and it just just happens to fall out of her purse <laughs> while they're playing mini golf yeah. and it's like i mean come on man there's so many things in that movie where you're like come on yeah, yeah, all right yeah. guys we need a way for the cash to fall out of the purse bag so that the other people will see mini golf mini golf. Well, like i mean i would i would expect like aspirins and tampons to come out before like <laughs> yeah you put that 40 down. grand yeah. in cash <laughs> Husbands and tampons. <laughs> Every woman's two staples. That's, That's right, man. correct. Uh, um, Gillian Flynn was born in Missouri. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. Good research on the on the slide. There you go. Uh, you had two pig movies in 1995. <laughs> That's right. One was Babe. The mm-hmm. other was Gordy. Yes, and we found out since the last time we talked about Gordy that Gordy sucked ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought that I had heard there was some sort of like uh and i and this is just i guess it's just something i made up because <laughs> i thought that there was like uh like people who really loved gordy or what i'm sure there is but like uh, i thought that was like uh there were some people who were like better than babe and all that type of stuff but uh no apparently it's a shitty movie apparently it is yeah uh, i saw it i don't remember anything about it although with pig movies i get them kind of confused like i don't know what scene is from babe Two, pig in the city right. or with babe the original except for the james cromwell saying that'll do pig yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff but it, does he say that in the second one too i don't know I didn't it wouldn't the, surprise I didn't me see the second one actually oh, really? yeah. so, i saw the second one and i remember thinking but that was almost just as charming as the first one, and i never watched it or thought about it again yep yeah so, yeah i mean pig movies. george miller actually directed that second one. that's right that's you know, so, he's got a, such a weird <laughs> filmography he does a bunch man. of mad maxes and like babe pig in the city and happy feet i mean it's just so weird it's very weird uh so yeah i, I don't i don't i never saw gordy so i can't really add but you said you don't even remember much about it so no it's whatever it's a pig movie pig it sucks movie. uh then there, yeah guardians of the galaxy because peter quills from uh missouri yeah it's kind of like with star trek um you know where uh Sanford kirk is from well kirk is from iowa Iowa, yeah. So we mentioned that in in that one. And once we go to space, we can talk more about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> I guess we're just going to go to space now. You realize that's going to be the biggest state what we have to cover. <laughs> that's true. I would think so, if we yeah. try and do a space road trip, it's going to be a four hour show. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, all right, today we're covering the planet nowhere. <laughs> and the more you watch Guardians of the Galaxy two, the more you appreciate how good the first one is. Mm-hmm. And now. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but James Gunn is off of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, although I think he had already finished writing it. Yeah, he had tweeted a picture of the script. I think he had finished writing a draft. I'm not sure that that was necessarily sure. a lock. Um, Do they I'll say be who very they're curious get? to see. I mean, at this point, if I'm making business decisions for Disney, I might just put that on the shelf for a while. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there's any decision you can make on Guardians 3 that's not going to just cause more drama. At least not for the next couple of years. I don't know. I mean, the instant reaction was hire Taika. 
Well, yeah, but is Taika going to do that? Because it seems like it seems mostly like Hollywood is taking James Gunn's side here and suggesting he shouldn't have been fired. Uh, I I don't really have an opinion on that. Um, At least the actors are saying this, right? Well, the act. Well, I I think it's actually pretty curious that not curious, but interesting that none of the actors have said anything definitive like. Well, except for uh, Bautista did. Even he hasn't said. Oh, really? All he said is great injustice. He's he's almost Trump tweeting about it. Uh, Mm. Very angry. But nobody said, I'm done if they don't reverse this. Mm. Because I think they know on some level what he was tweeting was irredeemable. Mm. Um, And this was going to be my rant, but I'm not angry today. So I'll just very calmly say some of those tweets were six years old, five and a half years old. They're not all 10 years old. Some of this was 2012. Mm. Uh, I was talking with somebody last night. I found the screenshots and shared them with him, and he did not know that some of them were that recent. James Gunn was a 45-year-old man at that point in yeah. time, and that was that was five and a half, six years ago when at least two of these offensive tweets were sent. So the narrative of he's grown from this. I read an article on a very popular film site that said the phrase, he's grown from his edgelord days. And I'm like, okay, but his edgelord days were at 45 years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm 43. You gonna mm-hmm. let me get away with that shit? Yeah, <laughs> no. And not only that, but and I'm I'm generally on your side, Hollywood, on this politics stuff. I'm generally kind of liberal, right? You know that. Mm-hmm. But you're giving the side you hate ammunition to deny anything moving forward. You want to you want to rip Trump for grabbing by the pussy? No, nope, he's grown from that. Mm. Those are just words. It was clearly a joke. All the shit you're defending James Gunn with. I know you like James Gunn. Just be honest. We like him and we wish this hadn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, exactly. But what about Michael Richards? He said the N-word like 12 years ago in, in what everyone says was an attempt at humor that was failed. And y'all still have your back turned on that motherfucker. Yeah, he's gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, you know, one of the themes I'm picking up in life lately is that we, sh- we really need to stop seeking fairness because this is not a fair world. No. And it hasn't been maybe ever right mm-hmm. like cigarettes will kill you and they're legal they have no benefits marijuana has benefits mm-hmm. and doesn't kill you and that's illegal this is not a fair world yeah. right so stop asking for fairness stop asking for fairness it's not gonna happen it's a <laughs> fucked up world and the guys with money and keep making more and making all the decisions well, and the same thing also could be said about this chris hardwick thing too because chris hardwick was essentially shunned and everything he was vilified. And, then, and then amc conducted an investigation yeah and said nah we'll put him on talking dead anyway here's a I mean, we're we're definitely off the rails at this point <laughs> you might as well just go ahead and put this in a different fucking section because um i would like to know what how amc came to this conclusion i want to know what their evidence is that ah he should still be on talking dead like they should show their math. What? And yeah, like exactly. This. Well, that's the thing. All they're saying is they hired a top law firm, investigative law firm, with and a lawyer with tons of investigative experience who conducted a bunch of interviews. Mm-hmm. But it, unless we know who they talked to, that really doesn't tell me anything. Mm-mm. But it, it also brings up, though, too, I mean, you know, if they did find out, well, this shit just didn't happen, then maybe they should come out and say, we don't believe this happened. Yeah. We think that you know his former girlfriend is lying about this and whatever and here's why don't tell me you went and did an investigation and like, well all right we'll just give him the benefit of the doubt i mean they haven't come out once and said no. what we found no um and then i and also because they've 
because maybe maybe the maybe the truth will come out in the next three weeks before this talking dead thing but uh i don't know how if you're amc that you can go forward anyway with this well there are going to be a lot of people upset about it there already are even if he's completely innocent his name is so sullied at this point well, and that's because you don't know yeah, yeah. well you go taking it back to james gunn that's the disney disney had to do that this is all you Marvel fanboys who have been cheering on this merger with Fox to bring the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the MCU. You're cheering on a, a conglomerate that is now so huge, they have to bow when 45% of the American public gets angry about something. Mm-hmm. They have to. There's yeah. money there. Yeah. They need that money. And if they have James Gunn direct this movie, that you are you have not seen the far-right protest like they would if they went forward. So as a... From a business decision, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it, right? Now, nobody ever has to get fired if those tweets aren't ever sent in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Nobody yeah. ever has to get fired. You're, you're like the guy who got caught for speeding, telling the cop that other guy was speeding too. Yeah. Isn't? Didn't you say, what? Well, how was it that these tweets got uh, unearthed again? What was the... Well, well. first of all, there's a, I, I don't know the timeline. I know that there's a, a combination of things. There's a, a far-right Trump fan, what's his name? Is it Chernovich? Chernovich, who, who I guess spearheaded the campaign and and got people riled up and talking about it. That's what got Disney to look at the tweets and eventually fire him. But I think what originated him even discovering it. Well, first of all, James Gunn has t- tweeted anti-Trump things plenty of times, and so the, the right has probably decided at some point, let's go looking for shit we can use against the people who are the most vocal against Trump. And again. Again, Patton Oswalt, when you want to say, look, this this right winger guy has exposed him. He he made rape jokes, too. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't work for Disney. Mm. He doesn't work for anybody who has to answer to advertisers right now. I'm sorry. I'm getting myself off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, he tweet was trying to search for tweets and put it in his public Twitter box. And I guess for a few seconds had publicly tweeted a search query that indicated he was about to delete some stuff james gunn did okay yes. yeah, yeah. and i think that's when people started looking and grabbing screenshots and then you know you know this this whole thing uh-huh. really frustrates me because i don't think you can defend what he said no they're not funny they're stupid and they're they are offensive yeah there's just some like why why would you do this yeah if there was a point to them you know you if were, it were satire of some kind like daniel yeah. tosh i'm sure has said similar or worse yeah, shit but yeah. that's his care that's his persona it's just like they're talking about in that that last laugh documentary on netflix is that it really the the, the line is is it funny mm. and a lot of times is in the the reason why something is funny is because there's a point and there's an actual something that i can learn or glean from it these were just like just straight up just let's make a child rape joke yeah and even if you go back to the if even if you buy the narrative of it was 10 years ago he's still a 41 year old man at that point <laughs> i think i said to somebody if this would if this had been a, a seven-year-old tweet from tom holland's feed when he was nine <laughs> then yes i would mm. buy the he's grown from that he was just trying to get attention this was a 40 year old grown man mm-hmm. yeah and he somehow thought this was appropriate to tweet about multiple and he, and, times. And it's not like 2010, 2011, 2012 was a time of like, you could get away with that stuff. Yeah, totally. Then. Yeah. You know, <laughs> nobody cared it's about, about that the shit. dark ages and shit. Yeah. So anyway, so that's Sorry our Guardians of the Galaxy discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movies are good. 
the guy directing them might not be. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, That's the conclusion. Then we have Huckleberry Finn. This is the Ron Howard, Donnie Most one. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I saw this in school. Yeah, I only re- I, I think I only saw the Tom and Huck movie that had uh, was it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? And, oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> was it Brad that. Renfro? I uh, believe. I think so yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. I don't know if that was Missouri or it probably was. Oh, uh, I forgot all about that. Uh, I have never seen this Huckleberry Finn though. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah. I mean, it's now again got some stuff in there that would never fly. Yeah, uh, because. There's this whole section where Tom Sawyer's fucking with uh with with Jim, mm-hmm. um, because he, Jim is a is a free slave or a, a former slave that's now free, and when they come across a like a like a community uh, that thinks that he is a slave, Tom fucks with them. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's totally a slave, mm-hmm. and it's like, huh, huh. So I mean, I haven't seen it recently, but if I went back and watched it. You know, from this perspective, yeah. you'd be like, "What the fuck, dude?" Right. When you say Ron Howard, you're talking child Ron Howard, right? Yeah, this so is seventy five. Okay, um, well, we've been teenager Ron Howard. Teenager, yeah. Um, Donnie Most, Donnie Most, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that guy from Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Which you know, he may be more known now for a really weird throwaway Family Guy <laughs> gag at this point. Oh wow, I don't know it. It's, it's just something it's really they bring good. up Donnie Most, and he's like, "There's the ghost of Donnie Most is in the is in the forest or whatever," and like all these people are like singing Donnie Most, oh, Donnie Most, as he slowly <laughs> rises, just like his character from Happy Days, yeah. and it's like he played blah blah on happy days <laughs> and that's it and then he he, then he disappears <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. didn't he play ralph mouth uh yeah ralph yeah yeah, that's it. yeah. That's it. anyway no i haven't seen any film version of huck finn oh this i mean this is such a good story it's such a coming of age like build a raft and float down the river get mm. into adventures and stuff like that uh yeah i mean it's it's been forever since i've gone back and read it but mark twain is mark twain yeah man good book Mm -hmm. and uh yeah uh and uh they've made like a million huckleberry finn movies over the years the tom and huck the only thing that i remember about that is i believe i believe huck has to like paint a fence at one point Mm. and they're like all right paint the fence and once you're done you can go play or whatever the fuck he's got to do and like there's a scene where the camera just backs up for like it seems like for five minutes (laughs) shows how big this fence is or whatever because he's painting one slat you know um then there is johnson family vacation yeah man i know i've heard of this i don't dude this has everybody is this randy quaid everything uh no, this is uh this is Cedric the Entertainer, um Vanessa Williams, Solange Knowles, uh, Beyonce's uh, sister, uh Godfrey, like there's a there's a lot of people, like a lot of funny people in this. Um yeah, Cedric the Entertainer is the is the main guy. And it's it's like a National Lampoon's vacation except. Is it an official one or is it just kind of like a knockoff? It's a knockoff. Oh. It's totally a knockoff. Um they have to go from Los Angeles to uh, Missouri for a family reunion mm. and shenanigans ensue. Mm. It's kind of funny. I'm I'm down with like those whole original kings of comedy. Like I'm all down with with pretty much them doing them and Cedric the Entertainer, Bernie Mac, uh, even Steve Harvey before he got overexposed. Um, that shit's funny to me. Okay, well, I haven't seen this. Um, it's not great, but it's fun seeing Cedric the Entertainer. It sounds well, you know, road trip comedies with a good cast. Those are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. always worth a shot 4.4 yeah, 4 on the imdb yeah oh i mean like yeah. i'll watch stuff like we're the millers or like euro trip or mm-hmm. like road trip or something like that just because they're they're mostly RV. enjoyable yeah 
RV? I've seen RV. <laughs> that starred uh, pop sensation JoJo. Yes, it did. <laughs> because Well, that was that year that JoJo was going to do a lot of stuff. She was in RV and she was an aquamarine. She was. She had the, the song Get Out. Yeah. And then what yeah. happened? Now. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> she fell off. Yeah. No, she, no, 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 no. We saw her. She had a song and a video, a couple did. of videos last year. Like last year, yeah. And she's looking good yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. Now, she was around 13, I think, yeah, when, when she was she did the, around this those, time. Yeah, it was like 14, like around that age. And yeah. then, yeah, that when we saw her last year, she was like... She's in her 20s, yeah, she's in her mid 20s. to late 20s. Right. And, uh, yeah. Um, mm. Then there's One Night at McCool's. I remember this coming out. Yeah, I never you remember saw this? It. Never saw it. Oh, man, this is an interesting movie. Now, again, been a while since I've seen it. Have you ever seen this? Uh-huh. Uh, Liv Tyler, <coughs> it's um, Michael it Matt, Douglas. Matt Dillon? Matt, Matt Dillon. Dillon Matt yeah. Dillon. Um, I saw it when it came out. John Goodman, Matt Dillon, and Paul Reiser. And uh, Paul it's Reiser. Yeah, it's one all of these about. Things, it's not like the other. It's another yeah. one of those unreliable narrator things because uh, it goes to Matt Dillon's version of the events, uh, all centered around Liv Tyler here. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to John Goodman, who's a cop, his version of events. And then it cuts to Paul Reiser's thing. Um, it's it's very like character driven and almost like a play it's not like a huge narrative or anything like that mm-hmm. but it's really interesting i enjoyed yeah. it I, I remember it coming out i think this came out during that window of time that i wasn't working at a movie theater 2001 and uh i just uh just never got around to it who directed it uh, i was harold zwart oh that's what i thought mm-hmm. <laughs> yes of the missouri zwart <laughs> um <laughs> He's probably done something super famous that we he probably know. has. Uh, he did Agent Cody Banks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he did the remake of the Karate Kid. Oh really? Mm, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and the Pink Panther too. Oh uh, right. okay. Yeah. So he's that. He's one of those for hire guys when they have a kids comedy and they're like, you know, they can't get, uh, you know, uh, who's that one? Dude? Or when Jaden Smith goes diva and just nixes all the directors on your list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. won't work with him. I won't work with him. He says something mean about my dad. Mm-hmm. I won't work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is. I know that Jeremy saw this because we did this in the 1976 year when we did over when we did the movies of 1976, The Outlaw Josie Wales, mm-hmm. which I still haven't seen. I ordered the movie because you had said you spoke so glowingly about. I it. I really enjoyed it, and I have it on my shelf, and I haven't seen it yet. This was. Um... I think I might have said this, but I had a roommate who was a huge fan of this, and I was praising Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood's Western, and he's like, okay, have you ever seen blah, blah, he rattled off these classic Clint Eastwood Westerns that I had never seen and didn't really care to, and he was like, outlaw Josie Wales, we're going to watch that tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Like, he went to the fucking video store back when they still had those, got the DVD, and we watched it, and I, of course, felt like a captive audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it really shouldn't have worked. Like, I should have been turned off by this movie, because I kind of went in antagonistically but i really enjoyed it yeah. it's just it's it, i think you could probably describe this movie the same way you could describe the plot of half of clint eastwood's movies in at least the westerns in that he's kind of like a drifting guy who comes into a town and ends up saving people who can't protect themselves no 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 he's a he's a, a confederate veteran but he's on he's on the run he's on the run yeah but he still ends up helping people who can't take care of themselves i believe so uh, mostly it's like him being an outlaw and like trying to fuck with the, uh, the union boys, uh, because he was, he was fought on the side of the Confederacy, uh, as he, and he was so vociferous, his group was so vociferous that the union massacred him 
Uh, and it just happened that, that Josie Wales was off to the side when they did this. And so he made this pledge to kill every Union soldier, even after the war was done. And there, there may be a, a part in there. In fact, there may be a couple parts in there where he helps out people and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a in the, one of the descriptions that says something like uh, runs into a group of settlers, helps them get settled, negotiates a peaceful coexistence with the Indians. Right, right, right. Um, but it sounds like it just a, a, a like a hodgepodge of things that he's doing. Uh, he was a folk hero, much like Jesse James, that kind of thing. Uh, but is he based th- on a real person? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that. That's interesting. But this is Eastwood directing. I must be one of his first ones, wow. or, or uh, uh, definitely early on. Uh, but yeah, it is a beautiful movie for sure. Um, I don't. I didn't remember any of that Confederate Union stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and now I feel a little bad. No, but he does, and that reminds me. Yeah, he uh, makes nice with the Native American tribe there, like Comanches or something like that. Well, that was nice of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is his fifth movie directing wow. he uh he did play misty for me breezy high plains drifter and the Iger sanction before this the Iger sanction you guys seen that movie i haven't it's been playing on one of these movie channels hmm. i don't know what it is man i keep watching it and really it's well it's maybe the most boring movie i've ever seen in my life <laughs> he's like some kind of professor up in some swiss alps lodge climbing mountains every day hmm but there's he's also an assassin who's there to kill someone, and there are other assassins who are trying to kill him. Oh, okay. But mostly it's just really boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's cross point blank in the Alps. <laughs> I keep I keep watching it. Trying to, have you ever watched a movie multiple times trying to trying to see what might be there that you didn't see the first couple times? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything there. <laughs> but I, I've watched it like almost three times now in the last six months. He's a good director, man. Maybe not that's a very good mountain climber. This has got, <laughs> this has got Roman J. Israel Esquire problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Iger sanction. Well, Who the fuck it, went to the theater and was like, I want to see two for the Iger sanction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like, um, it, it plays like all the non-actually boring parts of a James Bond movie only he's American so it's like, like sleeping with women and one of the women might be one of the women might be an assassin who's trying to kill him huh. it's just it's weird huh. and boring All right. I'm probably gonna stop watching it <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it again probably tonight. not gonna keep watching <laughs> yeah then there's a parenthood speaking of Ron Howard uh, yeah right oh, wow. he directed that uh, Steve Martin Rick Moranis Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. this was a huge hit was a huge hit and um, it may be the filthiest movie I've ever seen as a 13 year old. <laughs> is this rated R? It's PG 13. Yeah, I remember which is it why being, I was able yeah, to watch it. Yeah. But uh, there were a lot of stuff like there's like, you know, Keanu Reeves is like uh, setting up a video camera so that they can record him and martha plimpton having sex yeah yeah he's he like knocks her i up, set right? this up so that we can go we can record our love <laughs> and uh and <laughs> i don't care about you <laughs> yeah about your crime um and then there's a like there's a point where uh rick moranis says i can't remember his wife in this uh what was rick moranis's wife in this but she um 
she like uh, either stops using a diaphragm or something like that, and he's like waving his waving her diaphragm and in, in the in, in on <laughs> the screen, that. yeah, yeah, and because he because there's a whole thing where he wants to have kids four years apart because he read in some study that it's better to have kids four years apart or whatever and all that, and uh, but she's like stopped using it to, without his knowledge and all that. It's just a lot of stuff. Like and then they made like two different TV series out yep. of this thing. This one, uh, this cast is amazing tom hulse is in this mm-hmm. um jason robards mary steenbergen uh diane weist i think got nominated for this yeah i think she might have um rick moranis martha plimpton keanu reeves fucking joaquin phoenix is, oh, is wow. the uh the youngest child that's addicted to pornography <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it's got a crazy cast in it and yeah you're right um the first try to make this a tv show was a big old fail right Yes, it was. By the way, Diane Weist was nominated in uh, Randy Newman's song, I Love to See You Smile. Uh, Why um, do I have John Ritter paired with this? Did he make one of the TV versions? The TV version was Ed Bagley Jr. All right, Um, I'm just stupid. And then then they, well, that was the 1990 Parenthood. And then they came out with one that lasted like six seasons. And everybody had cancer, and everybody cried at the end of every episode. And it had Peter Krause, Lauren Graham, um... Dak Shepard and Monica Potter. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think it was popular for like a minute. It my, was. Yeah, my wife was super into In this. In fact, I was look, I'm looking at these actors. 103 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so that's yeah. four seasons. Yeah. Well, it's actually, was it 2010 to 2015? So it's sixes. Wow. Well, uh, right. or, or maybe still five. Just every goddamn time I would walk into the room, at the end of an episode, my wife is just bawling her eyes out. Somebody is in the hospital hooked up to all kinds of shit i'm like somebody else has cancer and she's like no it's back and so it's is she uh is she big this is us fan oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. um but uh yeah parenthood this is back in the time where steve martin was still at the top of his game mm-hmm. and the movie's really funny but yeah. like i said I, when i and the movie actually came out when i was 12 it's a filthy fucking <laughs> pg-13 movie man um anyway funny movie then everybody's favorite 1980s bullshit movie roadhouse oh my god this movie sucks yes why yes. do people like this movie i don't know well there, but there's there's like a, a sizable enough fan base that it's annoying yeah i think it started off ironic and then it turned into no this is actually probably good i think that's that happens too often mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. I really do. Space Jam's the same way. Yeah. Oh God. People, yeah. People talk about Space Jam like it's goddamn ET, mm-hmm. and it's fucking awful. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. God. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Roadhouse. What do you say? Uh. At least they're not going to go ahead with that Ronda Rousey version. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. Thank God. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. That was before she had her face broke. Yeah. And before everybody realized she was a terrible actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but there is a Roadhouse 2. I've seen it on the TV Guide is a couple really? times. I don't know who's in it. I don't even have the balls to stop on it and look. Uh, but I have seen Roadhouse 2. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, Jonathan Sketch is in Roadhouse 2. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh off that thing you do. <laughs> oh, it's it? oh, that's him. Oh, 2006 my God. 2006 is when this came out. What is the appeal of Roadhouse? I mean, he's a, he's a badass Man, Wasn't he like a former Marine or it, something right? like that? It's that he, it's Patrick Swayze and he beats ass. He beats yeah. ass. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And and uh I you know, it may it's just may just appeal to people who love drinking and fighting. I guess so. And there's a lot of those people out there. I guess. Is this the one where he rips somebody's throat out? 
Patrick Swayze rips somebody's throat I don't, out? I, I, I think don't like, Patrick Swayze rips somebody's throat out in, in one of his I, I do know that eventually... It's probably Donnie Darko. I do know eventually he pisses somebody off and like there's a whole big like showdown at the end like in his house or something. Yeah. Maybe it and, is. I don't uh, think a... I don't think a bouncer is legally allowed to rip throats oh out. he man he plays by his own rules though mm-hmm. but i don't think he murders at least until the end and there's a defense. scene in two where you know you got to see how what integrity this guy's got or whatever he i think he isn't there a scene where he brings in all the other bouncers and they're all sitting there and he's he's like uh yes he rips at his throat oh, oh yeah Jesus. yes uh jesus then there's a scene where he brings in all the bouncers and one of the bouncers like says something smart to him and like kicks him out or whatever for, <laughs> like he wants the perfect bouncing team or whatever patrick swayze man of integrity in every movie that he was in he yeah had, he had to have he was had to be perfect and everything until donnie darko yeah until donnie darko and uh black dog black dog mm-hmm. oh yeah um and then, uh what was the comedy he made didn't he make a comedy about a being a dad i don't know mm-hmm. i remember wasn't he in tu wong fu thanks for everything julie mm-hmm. oh jesus he was mm-hmm. he's also by the way while we're ripping on patrick swayze i was thinking about this the other day i don't think he gets enough credit for how good a job he does in that snl chippendale sketch oh that's perfect yeah that's true the straight <laughs> well, because man. chris farley's getting all the laughs but yeah he's just so stoic through the whole thing and he's but but he's eventually he's everybody's impressed <laughs> with chris farley's dance like he doesn't see the fat guy that's why the sketch works is mm-hmm. because he keeps trying to up his game yeah. to compete with what chris farley's oh, doing yeah. anyway that, I, you'll find that happens almost every time people never give credit to the straight man yeah. in those things in those things like i think forever uh tom cruise wasn't getting any credit for rain man because dustin hoffman was so good yeah and i thought he was playing straight man to raymond and that but it was that you know he wasn't doing anything showy yeah yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, Dustin Hoffman's so great, and you forget how good Tom Cruise is. Uh, um, was fatherhood, I think, is what you were Fatherhood, yeah, about. okay, good. Oh, Fatherhood. I was, I was all over it except the title. Yeah. I said it was a comedy about being a dad. And we had That's just right. done Parenthood. <laughs> um, then we have uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, very, to see this. Very split uh, sort of um, reaction to this movie. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it. Um. But a lot of people, I don't know, I think a lot of people brought up that it doesn't focus enough on racial divide and tension. Mm. Now, when I first heard that, I went back and just thought about this movie and I was like, I don't know if there's any room to do that in this movie. That's not the story they're telling. Mm uh francis mcdormand says it several times just to make a point about how racist and you know um awful this police department is and uh it takes clark peters from the wire oh oh uh, is the is the captain in this uh eventually becomes the captain uh but he kind of set sam rockwell who's the main you know racist asshole in this movie uh straight in this or whatever you know at least says i'm not going to put up with this like your former boss did um and uh but there was there's not anything there's no racial elements to the story that's why 
except for the fact that he is that Sam Rockwell's character is racist mm-hmm. and he has to have a he has to have a, a black captain at some point. Mm. That there's not really anything in there that you're like, oh boy, they should have really got delved de- deep into that. And I believe that's where the controversy comes from. Mm. I don't know. I really like this movie. The reason why I ended up liking it is because it ends with a way in a way that says is that happy question mark well that's what i've heard again i haven't seen it but what i've heard is that it doesn't give you a lot of people to root for Mm -hmm. in that everybody's kind of everybody's bad bad Mm -hmm. um and those movies can be really fascinating yeah i don't think that would turn me off from a movie um but yeah it's on my to my stack i just haven't seen it yet yeah um you know the, the the story is Francis McDormand's daughter has been raped and killed. She's looking for the the real killer. She doesn't think that Woody Harrelson's doing enough, um, and so that's why she puts the three billboards up. And like, why why no arrests? Why no whatever it says on there? Like, just basically saying, eat more chicken. Yeah, eat more chicken. <laughs> eat more chicken. You got to get sponsors. These things aren't cheap, man. Yeah. Um. So. God. I'm so sorry. That was not the right time for that. Well, and I also consider the optics of that too. But uh this is another uh, you have Lucas Hedges in this movie too. Oh yeah. Um but Sam Rockwell's so good in this and he's such an asshole and I don't know if he Here's another thing. I don't know if he's a he's redeemable in this movie, but the movie does try to make him somewhat redeemable hmm. and everything. But the movie is basically I like the idea when they say, um, you know, you you don't really deserve answers. You don't deserve answers. The li- life doesn't mean like doesn't end happy for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you want it so badly doesn't mean that something magically is going to happen. Wait, wait. I just saw a story about Mark Wahlberg buying a car dealership. And his quote was, if you follow your dreams, they will come true if you mm-hmm. work hard. Mm hmm. Is that not right? Um, <laughs> for Mark cardio? Wahlberg, it is. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, for sure. I mean, if you're Mark Wahlberg, you can beat a guy senseless when you're fi- 15 or 16 years old mm-hmm. and call him a bunch of racist names and just become a huge pop star and actor. That's, after. Right. That's because he's grown from that edgelord phase of his life. He has grown from the edgelord. <laughs> That's right. You are correct on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really, really, really like this movie and I, and I, I was a little confused by the some of the backlash that it had mm. i can understand you not liking it i can understand you saying i hate to ha- how's the, how this ends i hate how like uh you know all the different uh you know i hate how sam rockwell's character is and how they try to redeem him and all that i can see that uh i don't i i didn't understand some of the other backlash though mm. interesting um then we have uh, uh we have some more tom sawyer movies which bunch of tom sawyer we don't movies. need to really go over those then there's waiting for guffman oh Ooh, blaine yes, yes. stool boom <laughs> <laughs> isn't it the stool it's the stool capital working. of the u.s sweeping never <laughs> stopping never sleeping working yeah that's what put blaine on the map was the stool yes. boom uh this movie's so good uh, yeah, it's it so funny yeah uh, Christopher Guest um, rounds up a whole bunch of like great uh, improvisational actors. Mm-hmm. 
you got Parker Posey. You've got uh, you have guest himself uh, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. <sighs> um, Eugene Levy is so great. You have uh, Bob Balaban. Yeah, Bob Balaban, and there's just a Larry Miller. You have a, like a lot of just just solid professionals on this thing, and just man, yeah, they're, they're it's just a funny movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like they, it's it, they must it was probably like eight hours of footage or something like that, oh, and bet. they cut it down to an hour and a half of all the best <laughs> things. I know? bet you could cut a couple other movies out of that footage mm-hmm. if you wanted yeah. to. Um, it's just it's it's the movie I show people who I'm trying to get interested in mockumentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the sad thing is, I know it's all downhill from here. I mean, unless Spinal Tap, but I mean, I don't know that there's a better mockumentary out there than Waiting for Guffman. No, I, I, no, I don't think so. Well, I, I, st- I still like This is Spinal Tap better than this, but... Uh, it's probably... Yeah, you could make that Oh, I, you, I thought you were saying after this. No, 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 well, I, and, I, I do and too. Then, and I think Best in Show is at least on par, if not just slightly underneath it or whatever. But you're right, after that, although we've talked about this before... Uh, after that, you know, the stuff like For Your Consideration and uh, Mighty Wind, or, mm-hmm. those aren't very good. But yeah, Waiting for Government, it's about a local troop of people trying to trying to uh, make a, a play. Yeah. And they all think that they're going to be big. Yeah. And uh, Waiting for Government's a play on Waiting for Godot because they think there's a critic that's coming yep. uh, that's going to like uh, see their great production and then, you know, they're going to be stars afterwards. <laughs> And that's the I think that's the main theme of a lot of these uh mockumentaries is that everybody's got some sort of like um they're delusion- yeah they're yeah. yeah they're very delusional um and uh they they really think that they're going to be big once you know once people see how talented they are. Mm-hmm. And there's Parker Posey sitting there talking about like all the things you can get at Dairy Queen <laughs> while she's working at the Dairy Queen and everything. He's like, God. Yeah, you, you could get he's like you could get an ice cream cone or coke <laughs> her audition is so <laughs> oh my god like she's she like is pulling up her skirt basically <laughs> fucking that guy <laughs> teacher's pet <laughs> i wanna be teacher's pet it's so awkward it's so great fucking eugene levy comes in for his audition and he's so monotonous he can't sing whatsoever but he's like and it's <laughs> and then he points to the piano player to like <laughs> and then afterwards as he walks out fucking uh uh corky st Clair is like that was amazing that was really really good there's i gotta a, watch this again yeah, there's a point where corky like uh quits the production and bob balaban's gonna be the guy and they have he's obviously terrible at it he doesn't have any camaraderie with the people and everything there's a point where there's a meeting with all like the townspeople and everything and he's like he's like he's like i i hate that guy he shops at walmart he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't support the town (laughs) um and i hate you and i hate your ass face because you're bastard people (laughs) yeah And his whole thing about like how he's learning British accents and everything oh towards God. the end where he's like, oh, you just have to take the H out of all the H, <laughs> H words. <laughs> it's all you have to do. So it's like, how are you? <laughs> oh, and at the end when he's showing off his like just truly pathetic little museum of tchotchkes <laughs> in New York or wherever the fuck he's gone. It's just depressingly hilarious. Yep. 
I got to watch this again in the next 48 hours. Yeah. This is a good movie. Um, then uh, we have What's Love Got to Do With It? What does love have to do with it? Is this the Angela Bassett? It is. This yep. is considered good, right? Yes, it is I, good. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays Ike Turner. Yeah, oh, yeah. He but, goes by Larry. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he went by Larry in the apocalypse nowadays. It's weird that, like, you know, acts like Cher and Elton John and, like, those legacy acts are celebrated uh these days and recognize but tina turner i think has just gone by the wayside yeah. now obviously this like reburgeoned her popularity but then it kind of just you know went away and yeah. she's fantastic yeah i yeah i don't i don't know i don't know why mm-hmm. um but angela bassett and Lawrence fishburne both got nominated for this and mm-hmm. it's it's really good of course it's also just you know depressing as fuck it is yeah. uh, he was a big old bastard yeah absolutely so a lot of the movie is is ike turner just beating the hell out of tina turner throughout eat the cake anime yeah exactly uh but uh this is a really good movie and if you want to see like people at the peak of their powers angela bassett is one of my favorites of all time watch this shit and she nails it yeah she nails oh, yeah. tina turner tina turner's hard to nail <laughs> I don't know. And beyond Thunderdome, she was really, really nailable. <laughs> she has a unique look and style and dance That's and correct. voice. And somehow Angela Bassett was able to uh, change herself into that character. And mm. God bless her. Man, yeah. I really hope they give her more to do in Black Panther too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like that she was one. Of my, that was one of the disappointing things was that she really wasn't used very much at all. Well, and I yeah. feel like that about her a lot uh, in a lot of movies. Like they they put her in stuff, and it's like, oh, great, she's in. And then she's always the this... most she's got to do is in those fucking American Horror Story yeah. anthologies, and she's ter- terrific in those. But those are not always very good. Yeah, so. uh, it's like Ryan Murphy's the only person that that thinks, oh, maybe we should use our yeah. Angela Bassett. Yeah, that's the, she's got all this talent, so maybe she shouldn't just be this person who comes in and sternly says something <laughs> and then walks out for an hour. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Uh, then we have Winter's Bone, which uh, basically thrust Jennifer Lawrence upon everybody. Winter's Bone um she's very good in this in fact uh like just so everything's so natural about this performance i thought now she's from kentucky Mm -hmm. but i thought that she really was from missouri or whatever when i saw this because they've they've dirtied her down and everything this is before we even know what she really looked like too it wasn't her debut but um this was was, what 17 18 or so when she did this yeah it's around there 18 19 maybe Mm. Uh, and got nominated for an Oscar. Like this is the first of four or five. But it literally went. She went to the A list right away and yes, never looked back. That's right. Um, um, this is a tough movie to watch. Yes, though. it is. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not enjoyable at all. I mean, I guess it ends up all right. Mm-hmm. But the stuff to to get to that point is just yeah. 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 Mm. This is Deborah Granick who did. Uh, there's another movie she's coming out with. Leave no trace. Oh yeah, leave no trace is actually out right now. It's got Ben Foster in it, and it's, uh, oh it's yeah, that's great, huge. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He so so that's also out right now. Uh, but Winter's Bone is good, and yeah, it's a it's she's a, amazing it's a hard in it. watch, and she's very good in it. And um, she's twenty when this movie came wow. out. Wow, 
Um, but yeah, very good. And then we have Your Next. Yeah. Your Next is a, is a fun little horror movie. It it's, is. It's, it's, uh, it's, would you call this horror comedy? I would call it, I, and I, people hate using this term, but it's mumble gore. Um, oh. people hate using the mumble core. Yeah, but, but it's it is. also, it's also a, a quick and easy heuristic to basically say, you know, this is an indie dialogue driven, not taking itself too seriously type of, type of story. And this is Adam Wingard who went on to do mm. Death Note and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but he was really well known for this. Joe Swanberg, I think, is in this too. Yeah. And who is a, a mumble core staple. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it totally makes sense. And I know that people like are really protective about their genres. Right. And everything, yeah, but, yeah. But come on. Yeah. This is mumble gore. It's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, it's an, it's a really cool movie too. Really good is. visuals. Like the masks are really cool. It is. It's, it's got, it's got a, a good amount of scares. It's also doesn't take itself very seriously. Yeah, it's this and there's part. a lot of like ridiculous gore in it too, but uh, fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching it. This is something that I think even you would like, Jeremy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All this right. seems like, this seems like a Jeremy movie almost. All right. Um, i'll have to check it out because it's not i mean if it's not really trying to be all that scary even though it's got some strangers feel to it at, mm -hmm. at times and everything uh overall it's just yeah it's, it's very light-hearted uh when you when you when you come back and look at it it's yeah yeah light-hearted gore movie yeah yeah um, <laughs> That's exactly what it is all right the others on here adam at 6 a.m i've never heard or seen that early oh. michael douglas movie his second movie <clears throat> oh. his second movie they ever oh, did yeah yeah all right it was a 1997 TV disaster movie called Asteroid. Asteroid. Now, I remember this coming on. Well, this is right I do not. before. Uh, did they rush this out ahead of Armageddon and Deep Impact? I think so. 97. Yeah. I mean. It was right It, it was right when those those were getting. It was just before. Because yeah, I remember yeah. when Twister came out, there was a TV movie that was like Night of the Night of the Twisters. I do remember Night that. Yeah. And it came out around the same time as the movie. Do you remember that? There was that company, and they may still exist, that used to come out with those knockoff versions of uh, of movies. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Snakes on a Plane came out, so they came out with Snakes on a Train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah or they yeah, just yeah. slightly changed the title enough to where they weren't uh, copyright infringing, but they'd have the same story and everything. I've never seen any one of them, but I used to see, like, you know, like you go into the store and you're like, oh, really? I didn't know that this was out on video. Or, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's the almost exact same cover but it, with a different name yeah. um it's like mcdowell's in uh coming to america <laughs> yeah they've got the golden arches we've got the golden arcs or when the store brand mountain dew knockoff is like mountain mist yeah yeah or, exactly. you know I mean? or like honey dew dr thunder morning dew <laughs> um well we're back to tennessee williams territory the glass menagerie which is several million versions have you ever seen this i don't think i've ever seen a movie of it but i have seen a play of it before. oh really yeah um i don't remember too much about it but it's very tennessee williams i remember yeah i mean this is one of those that's like ingrained in history i may have even read the book in in high school or something like that mm -hmm. or the play uh but never seen uh any of the movies yeah. the, the most recent one was 87 and it had Paul Newman in it. I think he directed that, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, but yeah, never saw it. Yeah, um, no, I never saw it. Never had any interest. It's got it's got to be one of the most boring sounding movie titles ever. <laughs> At least if you're like, 
a kid. Except for 12 Strong, the I unclassified. Think, oh, that sounds way better, <laughs> especially to a 15-year-old. Glass Menagerie? Get out of here with your senior citizens movie. I think in the play that I saw, and I think this, I think I did see this play, there's a part in the Glass Menagerie. I thought it was improv. It was so well done. Hmm. Um, the guy's in the middle of a conversation, and he stands up, and he's like, oh, look at how big my shadow is when I stretch. Just to have, it just comes out of nowhere with that. And, I, and then he just gets back into his conversation you know, oh, right wow. after that. Uh, I just thought it was one of the funniest things ever because he's in the, I, it, it's better to have all the setup and whatever he was talking about. But <laughs> yeah. just imagine him just in the middle of a conversation. Oh, look at the, look at this, how tall my shadow is when I stretch. Um, then there is the great St. Louis bank robbery. Yep. Don't know. No idea. It's one of those classics that I never saw. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, then uh, the Kansas City Robert Altman movie. This is a jazz movie. Did it you is. see this? Is it, I never saw it. Is it Jennifer Jason Lee is in this? Isn't this kind of before her time? This is like a no, 70s movie. No, it? it came out in the 90s. Yeah, it's Jennifer Jason Lee, Miranda Richardson, Harry, Harry Bell. Oh, I'm thinking of Nashville. Nashville's an older movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I never saw this. I keep finding all these Altman movies that Why I haven't Why does Altman seen? keep making movies? Not anymore, I guess. But he he had a run there making movies about really boring subjects. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make a three-hour improv behind the scenes of the fashion world. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. I'm going to make a jazz movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Cookie's know, Fortune. You know right. how to tune Jeremy out. Quick. Well, and there was also that uh, around that period of time where he did that Dr. T and the Women, which was a horrible movie. Oh, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, with Richard Gere? Yeah, which shows you an actual either actual childbirth or like a, a like a i think it's at least an actual vagina it's so yeah it, it comes out of <laughs> like you basically get the doctor's view of yeah. a head coming out of a woman oh, yeah. yeah lovely that's at the end probably of what it's best known for and yeah it's richard Gere and helen hunt uh that's i literally all i remember is that last shot i remember dr t i'm not sure about the women <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is Helen Hunt. King of the Hill, second Soderbergh movie, which I still haven't seen. I haven't even heard about this movie. Yeah. And I've gone through his filmography a million times, but King of the Hill was- I never knew that animated show was based on a Soderbergh right, movie. Right, right. That's right. <laughs> the one that came right after Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, I remember seeing the video cassette for this for a long time, and oh. it just didn't look interesting enough to me, and I never saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, which is a classic movie- I haven't seen that one either. Is that nope. the James Cagney or whatever? Uh, this has Judy Garland uh, in it, and that's right. the the main. Uh, Meet me in St. Louis, Louis. Um, yeah. Meet me at the fair. Oh, this is that's one of those that like uh, Leonard Malton would smack us for not. Probably saying. so. <laughs> seven point seven on the IMDb in the year leading up to the nineteen oh four St. Louis World's Fair. The four Smith daughters learn lessons of life and love, even as they prepare for a reluctant move to New York. Ah, uh, Mississippi Grind. Did you ever see this? No. Oh, this is the one with Ryan Reynolds and um, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh yeah, where they're uh, they're playing a lot of poker. They're like they're, oh, really? they're going on their way to to they're a poker grinding, tournament, like poker. Players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're they're hitting all the casinos down the Mississippi River, hmm. including in Missouri and then Tunica, and then going to a poker tournament in um, in uh, New Orleans. And I've seen like little bits of it, but I haven't seen. I, I figured that that would be right. It up sounds your like alley. the poker version of Color Money. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's interesting though, like poker movies that come out. I hardly ever hear about them unless I never heard about that grand movie that we saw. Well, I'd heard of that, but yeah. I, like it's something that would a random person would bring up occasionally, yeah. every once in a while, like once a year, I'd hear about it. Mm. Finally, saw parts of it the other day, but 
Um, so no, I've never seen that. Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. I know. I remember this coming out. I never saw it. This is Paul Newman with his wife Joanne Woodward. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Merchant, Merchant Ivory. Ivory. Yeah, yeah. When Merchant I- Merchant Ivory seemed to come out with a movie every year that was like this. It was some stuffy type of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's Remains that's of the thing. Day, yeah, Howard's yeah. End, all those type of things. Yep. Uh, I don't know if Mr. and Mrs. Bridge really fell under that, but it. All of them seemed the same to me back when these movies were coming out. Uh, never saw this though. Ride with the Devil. All right. This had uh, is that Heath Ledger in it? No, it's uh, Toby Maguire and um, Jewel. Oh, and it's got a great cast. Well, it's Keith Ulrich. I was going to say Jericho is in there. <laughs> Jericho, uh, Jeffrey Wright, Jonathan Rhys Meyers. One of my least favorite Ang Lee movies. Yeah, this is one of those movies that you watch because it has all the elements of a good Ang Lee movie. And then you're like, well, it's just not a very good Ang Lee movie. <laughs> this has got Jim Caviezel in it, too. Um, this is like a Civil War era, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember disliking it a lot. That's yeah, really I, remember I, it, I remember it coming out. That's all I remember. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Heath Ledger movie I'm thinking of is Ned Kelly came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's anything thematically similar to hmm. them at all. but I don't either. Uh, then there's um, Snitch. This has The Rock. I've mm-hmm. seen it. You've seen it. <laughs> I reviewed it with Aaron Dicer before Cinema Sins was a thing. Okay. Um, pretty good. That's really all I remember. Is it Susan Sarandon? I think it's Susan Sarandon. Basically, his kid is in prison, and for some reason, no one is willing yeah, to, go, to go after the, the real bad guys, and The Rock decides to put his own life on the line as an undercover agent who doesn't actually work for the police to kept catch this guy being evil hmm um pretty good all right pretty enjoyable this came Snitch. out actually two months after we were born wow so before we had really kind of taken off yeah um but yeah i remember thinking it was better than i expected really yeah hmm. all right. uh spirit of st louis i have seen this billy wilder movie with G- jimmy stewart as charles Lindbergh. yeah i would be i should be all over this movie i good don't know movie. why i haven't seen it very good movie um there's the only thing i really do remember about it though aside from the fact that jimmy stewart's in a plane for most of it you know he's flying across the atlantic or whatever they actually show a lot of that him in the plane mm-hmm. yeah and there's a point where a fly is flying around and he and Lindbergh apparently is like really like concerned about all the weight of the plane you know like he doesn't want anything extra mm-hmm. going on here so there's a fly flying around and he's like He's like, does a fly flying around in the plane make my make make my plane uh, heavier? Mm. And he's like, goes through this whole like thing, like, <laughs> <That's awesome>. you <laughs> know. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, I guess it's I guess it's okay, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, then there is steel. Oh Jesus! Jeez. This is to set in Missouri. Yeah, St. Louis. Oh, God, what a terrible movie. Yeah, this is Shaq trying to trying to act yeah this is a dc movie yeah. oh this is yeah it is. Steel this is dc comic yeah this is part of the um reason why he went to the lakers was so that he could do more movies i think so. well it was the rap album and the movies yeah but all of them were pretty much panned like i think he made two movies yeah kazam and this one i actually yeah. saw kazam i and saw both of steel them steel came out after this and i was like no uh, steel <laughs> is just kind of like an iron man ripoff yeah but um, uh but he's he's man listen he was big he could play basketball mostly because he was big um and he's charming 
he is charming and apparently he's you know he's a bright guy and everything but just his delivery not is actor. not is not conducive not to on screen no. <laughs> yeah. uh then there's truman a 1995 hbo movie um Ed, Ed harris plays truman no it's uh gary sneese gary sneese i never i never saw this though i mean i don't care about truman <laughs> i know I, all i know is that D- dewey defeated his ass that's true anybody gonna get my headline mix up joke no i got it <laughs> <laughs> i was like actually in the middle of laughing until you scolded me for not no laughing. i was actually yeah i said anybody but mostly i was chiding uh, barrett for not giving me any attention uh, <laughs> this was uh hbo right yeah, yeah. It was hbo it's probably pretty good uh, before they were real prestige but mm-hmm. this could still be like the beginnings of them being prestige you know making movies like because they made they've made tons of political figure movies mm-hmm. since oh, yeah. then um and then there's white palace susan sarandon and uh james spader oh i saw this it's like um, some kind of weird like milfy sex movie yeah 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 it looks it looks it looks weird uh but yeah it's james spader being james spader like had a career of being like the greasy sexy type of type of dude back when he had the big flowing locks and everything mm-hmm. sex lies a videotape and the uh, the uh was he in less than zero he was in less than zero right mm. he was the coke coke dealer i think he was Might as well um, been. uh and then like crash the cronenberg version and everything and then this sounds like kind of more of the same fucking two days in the valley like he's just this you know yeah he's, not, know. He, he's, he's, he's sleazy playing, but sexy he's good at playing the, yeah that type of character for sure mm. and it, and even when he's not playing that character he still seems to be kind of playing that character <laughs> like, like ultron yeah <laughs> yeah or or uh wall street even he's kind of yeah i mean it's he's he's the sort of the the victim quote unquote in wall street even though he really isn't mm-hmm. but even then he's kind of a sleazy asshole in that and just like uh, By the way, to bring it all back together, he and Angela Bassett have sex together in space in Supernova. Oh, oh nice, yeah. nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, Supernova. I don't I might be the <laughs> only guy in the room who saw Supernova, but uh, I may have seen it, but I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. You're better off. Yeah. Uh, then uh, TV Ozark, very good, very good show. That's still on need Netflix. to get on that. Still need and to get on uh, that. and Sharp Objects, which uh, which uh, Jeremy has been watching as Shattered Fingers I am, for the last four episodes. I have four episodes in. I don't know how many episodes there are. But I just found out this week, I didn't know this, but the showrunner is Marty Noxon, who was uh, Joss Whedon's right-hand gal on Buffy the Buffy, Vampire right? Slayer, yeah, yeah. and I think she was even involved in Angel. Interesting. Um, and so it's not really surprising to me that that the show is good, uh, because she's she's got a good track record, but she's also publicly come out and said there's no second season, it's not going to happen, there's no story there, this is, this is what it is, enjoy it. Uh, and I've been really enjoying it. Amy Adams is so good. Yeah, I gotta watch it just for even the for parts her. of. The, I mean, it's a, it's a fucking creepy ass town, mm-hmm. and everyone is probably evil in this town on some level, like maybe just a fingernail here or there. Um, <laughs> you had some evil on me. But uh, her and the woman's name playing her mother, who that I forgot last week, Patricia Clark- Patricia Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, they're both just killing it for me. I do think the show showed me too much in this fourth episode maybe tipped its hand to me a little too much for what's to come uh but i'm not gonna stop watching it hmm. i'm really into it cool um, but yeah it's not really specifically missouri it's this town called wind gap which i'm pretty sure is made up and mm-hmm. i feel like it could literally be any midwest small town mm. with creepy people it could be in arkansas or illinois just as easily um maybe something missouri-ish will come up later all right anyway that's, missouri. that's missouri yeah missouri 
yeah, that's uh, it's a colloquialism. It's Missouri, but you know. once again, you got to step up your game. This state needs to to have better movies. Did we still talk an hour and a half about Missouri? Though? Yes. Yeah, well, we did that whole sidetrack. Yeah, oh yeah, there was a rant in the, in the middle of that. Yeah. Have you guys ever been up the arch? Have we talked about this? I have. I have not. I have. I, have? I don't think I could do it today. Like I think I would have a panic attack. Uh, yeah, I could. I could see that because it goes up and then over. Oh really? And the sounds it makes makes it sound like it's trying to force itself through the elevator shaft because the shaft isn't quite big enough. <laughs> and then you get up there at the top, and you're of course you're stuck there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what would kill me today. I did it. I did it as a teenager. I I enjoyed myself, even though the ride. I wasn't sure I was ever going to get out of that elevator. Oh fuck! I, I don't like, even. I may die I, here. I, would freak I don't out. even remember that. I I do remember the the elevator does have to like do that. Steer it's like a Willy Wonka Vader. Yeah. <laughs> but then it kind of like kind of like turns a little bit, almost like a Ferris wheel basket. Oh, shit. In terms of, it's just, it's, it's a very unconventional elevator, as it has to be. Wow. Uh, and then once you're up there, you're like, you know what? Doesn't really seem that high. Yeah. Because I, I could pick out my friends down below who hadn't come up. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Not as high as you think. Jesus. It's not like you're on top of the Freedom Tower or something. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Make a bigger one, St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Step up your game on your movies and your arches. <laughs> Is there something else that you would like to rant about? Um, no. All right, so we'll we'll say that as your rant, and then we'll have our rants, and then yeah. I'm it. also in a, too good a mood today to really even. I'm I'm surprised I even ranted a little bit about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, but we've a had day. a couple of pieces of fun news today, and yeah. I'm, I'm a little too giddy to be angry. So <laughs> so, uh, so Jeremy has ranted a little bit about the James Gunn situation. I'll go ahead and rant about something, Jeremy. I know that you're a Comcast. Uh, cable person <sighs> yes. uh, just like I am mm-hmm. and yeah we have no fucking choice yeah I mean yeah you can do direct TV but then it, when it rains it'll fuck up so or why? I could go to fucking AT&T for whatever the kind of bullshit U-verse they're slinging these days right yeah Actually, uh, I think they're slinging direct TV now, aren't they? I don't know what they're slinging. But they have some internet service that is terrible. And it's yeah, like, well, then they come up, and I've had people come up to the door and try to sell me AT&T before, and it's like, uh, and they'll say, oh, our internet is better, and I'm like, under what under what uh, circumstances your internet better? Because they're still actually still slinging internet through a phone line, mm-hmm. and they claim the technology makes it as fast as you know broadband. But I'm not uh. ever going to trust internet coming through a fucking phone line. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, because because life is terrible and and God is dead and everything. <laughs> um. <laughs> we, we have to go to Comcast and. Uh, so I don't know how long ago it was, maybe a year ago, maybe six months ago or whatever. They decided to put all those channels that weren't HD uh, with the uh, with the HD channel. So they're all numbered in the same order now. Yeah. All the HBO channels, regardless of if they're HD or not, are in the same. That's, block. Correct. That's correct. And so all of your other movie channels do that, too. Uh and uh and so it's easy pretty much to avoid those if you if you if you're looking but you have to really look yeah. a lot of times oh yeah uh and sometimes it's, it takes oh this movie's on and you click on it and it's fucking standard definition oh yeah why are we putting up with this why do we have standard definition anything every television that you buy is high def it's not a it's not a privilege anymore yeah i totally agree but the, the, I think that I think there is a staggering number number of rural people still getting their TV over the air. Fine, 
Give them that standard definition, then. Give me the HD. Yes, that yes. I am. Why are they serving you? Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I don't even know, like, if HBO is just they just have standard definition channels, and that's that's just the way it is. Why aren't you giving me the 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 high def version? Yeah. Of this, why can't the standard be in the standards and the HD being in the HD? And I also have, um, I also bought a baseball package a couple of years ago. Awesome. And it's fine. I mean, awesome in one way in that I get to see whatever game that I want to, essentially. Uh, bad in that almost all of them are standard definition. Yeah. There's oh. two high def channels that, that will play a random game. And then uh, if you happen to have, you know, your local stations, your, your Fox Sports and whatnot, and then like MLB will sometimes have different games from those. Sometimes they'll have the same game. So you don't have any. You don't have any difference. You know, it's like, oh, they're playing the San Francisco Giants and Dodgers on this one channel. But the MLB has that same game. So it's so there's a redundancy there with a lot of your HD uh, things. I, I just don't feel like we're in an era anymore. Like, I remember when HD was became a thing. Yeah. Like that, it, it made sense that there were a few channels that did it and some didn't. They hadn't quite gotten upgraded yet. But now... There is no point to that. And I know that I think DirecTV, I think the only reason why DirecTV, uh, I mean, that uh, Comcast is playing like baseball and standard definition, I think it's because DirecTV has a monopoly on it. Like mm. they have HD on every one of their, on their MLB package. Interesting. What is it? Why? What's the fucking difference? Why does mean? HBO have any standard definition channels? Yeah. What's, you can't get HBO without a subscription service. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Why why would they be putting out over-the-air quality standard def to anyone? Just in case you have, like, a, a retrograde TV. Like, if you have a, an SD TV still. I think those are the real villains in this story. Yeah. Are the people who still have old TV, old, like, tube TVs. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You? You have one? In my bedroom. You goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one in my bedroom I don't even use. A flat-screen HD. I'll give it to you. All right. Jesus. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's the real reason or not. Like I said, uh, if you, it's fine, you want to come out with standard definition. If people have standard t televisions, that's what they get to watch. But if I have HD, why are any of those channels like? Why isn't there a second version of that channel that I can watch? I agree. What is the deal? And I know, man, when we do these rants, and I don't think we've we've heard a lot of shit over this i know these are first world problems yes. and i know all, i know this isn't anything that with all the other stuff going on in the world this is very very this is so small that i there's not even really a reason to get angry about it yeah but that's the fun of a rant yeah exactly last night my wife was complaining because all three of the channels she was flipping between were on commercials at the same time yeah man and i was like you know that's very, a pretty good problem to have very annoying. yeah that's right yeah that's right uh, I was between rants uh, for for today because it was just announced recently that uh, they're going to remake Enter the Dragon. Mm. God damn it. Yeah. The Bruce Lee classic. Mm -hmm. God damn it. That has pissed me by off. The way, by the way, uh, before you go any farther, how many of these announced remakes have actually made it? Seems like a like a decent amount of them. I'll, do you think it's half or more than half? Yes, it's all more the, than half. All that the make Disney it? ones. Um, well, sure, the, all the Disney the ones. Stuff. All the Disney ones. Well, yes, yeah, they're yeah. making a Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, like I mean, Lion King was silly enough. Your main characters are dogs. Yep, and what, you're going to CG some. Oh, fucking. 
But Enter the Dragon actually offended me more than most of these. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you can remake, and it's going to be com- completely inoffensive. Old boy. Fine. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Do mm-hmm. it. Uh, Spike Lee, you really want to do your own take on what it. What does the director of Deadpool 2 think he... Is that who this is, yep. right? What does he think he's bringing to Enter the Dragon that's going to top what fucking Bruce Lee did? <sighs> I mean, Donnie Yen has passed his prime, for sure. Is Tony, he is he playing? I, no, I don't. I don't even know who's who. He's probably who would even be, put Keanu in it. That be that would be insane. Uh, but yeah, plausible. I um, mean, you get me the guy from the raid movies. Maybe I'll think about coming to the table. You know what? But there's no reason to make. You cannot improve on this movie. Yeah, the, the the guy from the raid movies, and we should know the guy's name at this point, but I don't know. It's like E. Joe. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some superb martial artists out there. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Lee was, from an acting perspective and from a martial arts perspective and from a personality perspective, was so head and shoulders above everyone mm-hmm. that there is no one even close to that right now. What did you watch Enter the Dragon for? You watched it for fucking Bruce Lee. You yeah. didn't watch it for general martial arts action and stuff like that or for the story. No, yeah. you watched it because, for the star. Because that movie... If it's fucked up, is is not very good. No, no. no. I mean, it's it's just you go to like exactly what you said. You go and watch Bruce Lee doing Bruce Lee shit. You watch Rumble in the Bronx for Jackie Chan, and even that was before he was a huge star in America. Anyway, so so that's one thing. But I really want to talk about this R. Kelly song that just dropped. Oh, really? uh, It's a nineteen-minute song. It's a nineteen-minute song called "I Admit." All right. So if I did it. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's it's basically that. Mm-hmm. Um, R. Kelly is one of the scumbaggiest scumbags to ever scumbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a fucking menace to society. He has had all kinds of allegations of having a quote sex cult, and I'm not saying that facetiously. Like this is verified people that have been within that that uh, that circle and everything and oddly enough not the same sex cult as the girl from smallville yeah it's all right. sex, sex cult. Cult. Wasn't, wasn't he also wasn't there also there was a weird thing with him and Aaliyah too right he married they her married when she her was when 15 she, said, yeah, she was, 15 she was so young yes and uh he's done all kinds of shady shit of course the big the big one was the video where he's seen having sex and then peeing on uh what was proven i believe to be an underage girl mm-hmm. um and then somehow got out of it legally the guy's a fucking asshole he is a giant asshole he's a, a sexual world. he is a sexual predator and people still patronize his music now listen i am i am a proponent of separating art from artist do i think r kelly's done some good music in his time yes yes he has i this is one case that he has done such egregious shit that I can't overlook the artist and separate. Well, I feel that I agree. You're totally right, but I feel like we. I feel like Chris Brown deserves similar level of scorn. Yes, but when he was arrested for basic assault last week, half of Twitter was like, "Leave Chris Brown alone." Yep. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yep. You that that you either have to, like, you have not looked at the pictures and you not read the story of what he did to Rihanna in that call. Yeah, well, and at least Rihanna. We, that's that's what we know about. Isn't it's a growing pattern that we 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 see this the whole thing with among the celebrities and everything right after the demi lovato thing went down a couple of days ago Mm -hmm. uh you had a whole bunch of people who came out and said you know you know it had something to the effect of twitter when somebody uh has a drug overdose 
uh they just make fun of them and everything yeah. when demi lovato does it you're like leave her alone she's yeah. got problems yeah, you gotta yeah. you know it's it all comes down to what you know right like if you if you or if you feel like you know the person or mm-hmm. whatever uh you're more forgiving because oh because they they come out with all this great music and i've seen them in interviews and they seem so nice and funny and blah 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 it doesn't tell you anything about their actual character but mm-hmm. i mean I don't, I don't know how we decide anymore i it kind of feels arbitrary at times because like the james gunn thing happened i read the tweets before any kind of hollywood response i was expecting him to get stomped mm-hmm. and he didn't you know i would expect chris brown to get stomped or r kelly to not be allowed to release music anymore at least outside of antarctica well okay so he releases this song called i admit 19 minute song i've listened to 10 minutes of it and i had to turn it off mm-hmm. because not only is it not a good song uh not only uh, is is the content egregious but I also don't want to sit around and listen to fucking R Kelly for 19 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Um in it he he basically ad- admits with quotes I fuck with women. Uh I don't care if they're older or younger or whatever doesn't specifically refute any uh any rumors or anything like that. Basically he's like he'll say something like people accuse me of a sex cult. What's a sex cult? What's the definition of a sex cult? You know, what's what's the definition of underage and stuff like that? It's it's this awful self fulfilling yeah, he's just like, so what if I fuck around with, with younger women or something like that? What defines, what is your definition of what I should be doing and stuff like that? Um, you see this kind of, this this reactionaryism, reaction, reactionism, I guess is how you you'd say it, um, in people that, something that's done something, you know, like tiny, like, uh, you know, all right, so I stole something, but, you know, it was justified because I had to feed myself or something like that. This is not that case this is where you've been accused of multiple instances of underage women i don't care how you define underage i don't know i don't care how you define abuse or whatever it is there are certain standards where you have to meet it and he is flaunting it he's saying i admit and i'm fine with it which means he's going to keep doing it and that and and people it gets so much publicity people listen to it yes he got a lot of blowback on twitter and on social media but not enough he should not have a career he should be in fucking jail mm-hmm. also blowback on social media really only means so much especially just for a certain time yeah and then it's over it's blown I mean, over because people have been blowing back on twitter about trump for about three years now he's and, yeah uh, he's still there i haven't seen any one of those comedians make an actual difference yeah not saying they shouldn't make jokes because that's what we do. I'm just saying Twitter, Twitter is Twitter. Yeah. You know, whenever it crashes and burns, I don't think very many of us are going to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Move on. Anyway, don't give this guy any of your money. Don't give him any of your time. He is a a villainous creature and should be uh, somewhere locked. Instead, away. go buy the new um, album Marlowe by Larange and Son. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, that's my rant. All right. Good rant. Recommends and warns. Totes amaze balls. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Recommends and warns. You want to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, I have nothing but recommends. So nice. if you guys have warns, you can go ahead and go right into those after you're done. But serve them up. Um, I saw a bunch of good stuff. Um, I saw a movie uh, a long time ago, but then uh, 
re uh, saw it again over the weekend called A Separation. Mm. Uh, it's an Iranian film. Oh yeah, oh, I've heard a bit. This. Yeah, um, isn't this the one where the director didn't get to come for the award ceremony? Uh, I believe that was the movie he made. Oh, after this. Yeah, it was another movie he made. Okay, like last year or something like that. He got caught up in the travel. Uh, thing, the, right? the sales. Yeah. The salesman was the movie. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, okay. That, uh, that he made. He also made a movie called Fireworks Wednesday, which I saw on movie when it came out. Awesome. Uh, but um, uh, a separation is really good. It starts off with this couple who uh, they don't want to get divorced, but he wants to stay in Tehran because his dad has um, Alzheimer's disease mm. and she wants to take their daughter away from Tehran because she can have a better life. And really the only thing that they can, what that she can think of, because he doesn't want to get divorced is to get the divorce so that she can take the kid away. But Iran is very uh, slanted towards men in mm. decisions and everything. And that's something that it does uh, really well, I think. It doesn't comment on this system, this court system, but it does. Mm. Uh, just by bringing it to light. By bringing it, just showing it. Wow. Mm. Uh, and the court system that they're showing in this is something that you would never think could really exist. Um, uh, so that's the beginning of the movie is just them arguing about that and then trying to tell this judge what they want to do. And, um, so she just ends up moving out of the house, but they still need help because the father goes off to work in, in the afternoon and his father's with the Alzheimer's is, is, is at home. So they have to hire these people to, to come by and help. And then I won't tell you any more, but just the fact that there is a lot of complications with the people that they've hired. And this becomes a whole big thing. Uh, there's so many complexities to it uh, about the people they've hired in this thing because just a ton of things happen. Just huh. so many things like you like hmm. you'll sit there and think about this. There's a it's a it's a almost gone baby gone type puzzle as to what uh what you would do, what you think is right, what you think is moral, ethical, whatever in this mm. whole thing. Um, but uh, excellent film. Mm. Uh, uh, I highly suggest watching this. Was the second time I went through it, and it, I was I was glad that I watched it again because I'd seen it way back in the day, and I thought like, that was good. And then I just forgot it to time and everything. Now, now that I've watched it a second time. I don't think I can forget anything that happened. I got to check that out. I I like. I've seen some Irani cinema mm -hmm. that I've really dug. Like we've talked about Persepolis before. Yeah. Um, there's that vampire movie, girl walks home alone at night. Mm -hmm. um, there's some really interesting movies coming out of there. It seems like the Iranian people, we just don't get access to, to understand like their perspective, That's but it's, right. it's really interesting from what I've seen, you yeah. know, that, uh, the fireworks Wednesday movie, by the way, has sort of the same elements of that. Uh, it's another one where somebody is hired, and that person who is hired through just circumstances uh, ends up fucking up a lot of people's lives. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if a lot of his, his movies sort of cover all this type of thing. Uh, another one I saw, I saw this one on movie. Uh, it's called Victoria. It's a 2015 German film mm. uh, starring, I believe her name is Laia Costa. She was in Duck Butter earlier this year. Oh, was that the one with uh, that uh, uh, had Alia Shawcat, and, right? Right, right, right. Um, and or Alia Shawcat, and uh, and it was uh, the uh, uh, 
uh, Miguel Arteta movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Maltons. They were on the Maltons. Yeah, podcast, Maltons right? interviewed them and everything. And uh, Duck Butter is on Amazon Prime. Oh, I, yeah. I thought I thought that was an interesting movie. I didn't think it was great or anything, but but La Costa reminds me of a cross between like Carrie Mulligan and Parker Posey. She's oh, got that kind of look to her and everything. This movie is actually shot all in one shot. Really, it's not. There's no cuts. There's really, no, there's no like hidden cuts, and it. it's all in one. Uh, I read a thing on the IMDb trivia that said this was uh, filmed between four and seven thirty on this night in you know in uh, Berlin. So it's not even like a short movie. Uh, it's like two hours and thirteen minutes or Holy something like shit. that. It starts off. Uh, it starts off in a club, and it's and she's like dancing around in this club and everything, and she runs into these guys who are trying to get into the club but are being are are being told they can't come in um and uh she ends up uh get she she ends up getting out of the club and starts to talk with these guys and these guys you can start you can tell there's a little bit of rough around the edges to them because you can tell that they they probably commit some crimes even Mm. some small crimes or whatever but she's talking to him she's i think she you know she's uh, she's from Spain. She just moved to Berlin. So she's kind of like moving with the flow of everything. Hmm. But the camera is just moving along with them in this conversation. At first, uh, you know, they, they speak, they speak English, but there's also German in here too. And it's hard for, it's hard for you to understand a lot of the time. You don't really need to know every single thing that they say though, because the movie really just kind of visually tells you what's going on. Uh, at first I was like, I don't know if I can get into this. Cause the very beginning of it was kind of like, eh, they're just kind of walking around and they're, I don't know where this is going. This doesn't seem to be exciting. And, uh, then they get on a rooftop and they start talking about all the stuff that they've done and everything. And they're like, Oh shit, this is kind of a little bit of an element of danger to her being with these guys and everything, but they seem like they're, they're fine or whatever. And she's, she's sort of latched on to one dude that's in this group and it looks like they might be starting to develop a kind of a romantic relationship and everything. She takes him back to a cafe that she works at because she doesn't want to go back home. Uh, she doesn't want to go back home because it's going to take her X amount of hours or X amount of time to get back. And then when she's going to have to come right back and it's like three or four hours, she just needs to get some sleep. And then she and him like talking in this cafe for a long time and she's playing piano and all sorts of, it's mm. like, it's like really good. Then it gets into this thing where like the guys come, the guys from the rooftop show up and they're like, we got to go, man. We got to do this thing for this guy. And, whatever. and the movie's just like, just zooms from there. Huh. Just like she decides to go along with them because one of the, one of the guys can't go or whatever. And they go off and do all this underground shit. It's amazing. Hmm. And the camera's just, I mean, it's, it never stops. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's the whole thing's one shot. That's amazing. I can't even, they did it in three takes really three takes wow um so it's a movie that i i would not call this a wreck of warn it but i will warn you that it is for me it was for me hard to hear a lot of the things that they were saying because it's it's people speaking english that are, isn't their first language and it's also they're going i mean it's it's a lot of just going back and forth between english and then german and and she doesn't speak german and so did you like, have the subtitles on uh yes but the subtitles only worked for like stuff that was in german oh okay i got you so that's that was the downfall of watching i mean that was the sort of the uh you know the the negative to watching this but like i said you don't really i mean if you can pick up 
kind of what they're talking about, you're good. Uh, it's it's really the spectacle of watching it all in I'm one, down with seeing this. Yeah. one shot and everything. And like I'd never seen that before. Everything I'd ever see, seen that was doing the one shot thing always had a break somewhere where there's a cut. Hmm. Uh, this one does not do that at all. And there was, apparently there's some there were some moments where like things nearly got completely fucked up because there's a part where she's driving the car and she's supposed to go. So, towards someplace and apparently everybody yelling in the in the car saying you're going the wrong way and all the type of stuff but that goes along with the movie yeah you know huh. and the but the cameraman and all the crew and everything have to figure out what to do when that shit happens too so like <laughs> they had to like improvise some things in that <laughs> even awesome uh so that's really awesome um one other thing that i'll bring up uh i saw on netflix and uh, it was uh, a couple of people recommended this to me on facebook american vandal yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah i gotta watch that american vandal's hilarious <laughs> uh american vandal is a is a serial type of uh or making a murderer type uh docu documentary series but it's it's uh it's totally made up and what i found genius about about it is that they created a very real world with so many little details that you would see in sort of a true crime documentary type of thing like it's and really all it comes down to is one day somebody came by the school and painted a bunch of dicks on cars and just the amount of material that they can get out of just stuff like that like like well, so look, the documentary is trying to figure out who who painted, painted the, dicks. the dicks god they sold me on this and they're, <laughs> and, and they're talking about how uh like there, there's so there's this one guy who's the main suspect and they're like who's like who who draws a bunch of dicks on a car is it this person it shows the yearbook of all these pictures like it would it be this one or would it be this person and it's like and 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 it starts off by saying like this guy is obviously is the most obvious suspect and it shows him all the different times where he's drawn dicks <laughs> on yeah. chalkboards and, this shit tonight <laughs> uh, and stuff like that but it if you've ever seen a making of the murderer and uh, all those type of documentaries, uh, it does it so well. Perfect. Like all the details and all the, like the time things and all the people trying to recreate things and all this sort of stuff. Like they could have just easily done, they could have easily done this in a real sort of like, eh, it's kind of like that, I guess, but they added so much detail. There's so many little like, there's so many events that they refer to, like there's the party at Nana's house and there's the, um, there's the, uh, what is, oh, there's the time where everybody went to summer camp and everything. And there's all these little things that add up to what they're going to hopefully find who did the dicks. And, uh, and, uh, it is, it is fantastic. And I'm glad that people recommended it to me. Awesome. I am now going to recommend it yeah, to everybody yeah. else. I caught yeah. the very end of this the last time I was over. Yeah. Here. It's funny. He came, he came right when I was watching the last six minutes <laughs> of it. And I was like, it's funny. They're at a point where I don't think you'll actually. It's the prologue. It's like what they show at the beginning. Yeah. Right? It's the prologue and, and, and you don't really get, uh, um you don't really if you were to go and watch that you wouldn't know right. what exactly happened or whatever the other thing that's ingenious about it is like it i think that's exactly how it show it it's sort of also a statement on what kids are into and what what uh they have what what they what they're going through in high school and what they have to communicate with and and uh i mean a lot of the things that have never changed as far as popularity is concerned mm. and 
uh, all that, but the, the methods, all the different things that are out in this world, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, all these different things, all, all sort of add and combine to this mystery. Mm. And, uh, it's a it's a highly recommended show. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. It's gonna be my evening. Mm-hmm. Be, well, naked and afraid, and then <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I don't have any warns. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I don't have any recommends. Okay, I, I only have warns. Do you have a recommend? Uh, I've got a soft recommend. So let's do warns. Okay, so I saw Battle of the Sexes yesterday. Oh yeah, I've seen this. Uh, this is the uh-huh. Emma Stone. Uh-huh. Um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell movie about Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs playing tennis. The Battle of the Sexes yep. happened in the 70s, 72, 71, somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, is a huge mark on the timeline of women's rights in mm-hmm. terms of equality. Um, and they still don't get paid nearly as much as the guys. They still are not equal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I remember when this movie uh, was, the trailers came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was released, and then a few weeks ago I was like, "Whatever happened to that movie?" Yep. And now I know, um, it's just not very good. Is it not good, or is it just like a regular adaptation, or like a <sighs> like a like a biopic? Well, it's trying to be two biopics in one because it's alternating between her story and his, mm. and it's it's premise is that. Leading up to this tennis match, they're both dealing with much more intense personal struggles. But the movie doesn't have the balls to go for any of that. Huh. Uh, so he's been kicked out of his house by his wife because he gambles too much. And she's just had her first lesbian experience on the road at a tennis tournament and is married. And. Oh, she was married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? She was married to a guy named Larry King. Yep. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> um, not that Larry yeah, King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just, I don't, the performance from Emma Stone is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steve Carell performance is troubling for me because he's basically playing Michael Scott. And I can't see, it, he looks like Michael Scott with a few more pounds thrown back into the 70s is how hmm. he behaves. Now, I, I was not born yet. I gather from what little reading I did that Bobby Riggs was kind of an over-the-top personality and that leading up to this tennis match he was horsing around doing photo ops with ginormous tennis rackets and she was working hard and training and the movie suggests that's partially why she beat him keep in mind he's twice her age at this mm-hmm. point he's like yep. well into his 50s uh, but he had defeated the number one tennis player on the women's side yeah um who, this she was still in her career right she was oh yeah this she yeah, was in her prime she, in her Jean prime was, okay. yeah she was in her prime uh she went on to win plenty of more tournaments after this um, and, and there's something about the look of this film that just, it's like you're watching people play dress up instead of being immersed into a time period. Yeah. And I don't know if that is some kind of like costuming uncanny valley or if it's that they got the costuming perfect, but then they shot it with a 2010 kind of look. Hmm. But it, I, I, I don't buy, I don't get immersed in their version of the early seventies. Uh, it feels more like we're playing dress up hmm. and, um. Uh, I was I would basically I got done and I was like, well now I know why nobody made a huge fuss about it and it wasn't really nominated yeah. for a bunch of awards. I it's saw, not bad. I saw this on a plane and uh and I and I thought it was perfectly fine. I mean, it it's not great or anything. Yeah. Uh I did think it was weird that uh, Emma Stone was playing Billie Jean King. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's a couple of moments in there, and I don't mean to be mean or anything. I'm not trying to be, but I don't think Billie Jean King was ever known for her looks, really. She's not, really. And and there's a couple of times where they're talking about how cute she is and yep. all this other stuff, and I'm like, uh, maybe people said that back then? I don't know. Um, just doesn't seem doesn't seem like exactly correct to put Emma Stone in this role. Um, I know why you do that though. Um, uh, and, uh, and I had first heard the story when, uh, I remember sports illustrated when you have subscriptions to sports illustrated, they give you these videos and be like, not so great moments in sports. Oh yeah. And I, and one of the things that they'd covered in there was this battle of the sexes thing. And it's a very short segment that they put in there and basically say, Billie Jean King kicked his ass. And that was it, you know? Uh, and this, at least, uh, finally I got to hear a little bit more of the story, and that was why I found it a little bit more interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think on its own, yeah, that's the reason why it never had much of a big uh, takeoff or anything. There like is that. one really good scene uh, with Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman is playing basically a sexist. He In the beginning of the movie, he runs the tennis circuit for women and doesn't want to pay them equal pay mm. to what the men make, even though they draw the same crowds. And it leads Billie Jean King and another tennis player to splinter off and start their own league that becomes the main t- female tennis league. Then all the way at the end, when they're about to do this battle of the sexes with Bobby Riggs, Bill Pullman walks in and they're like, oh, he's going to do the announcing. And Billie Jean King's like, no, he's not. <laughs> and they go off into this room to talk privately. And she owns his ass. I don't know if that's nice. how it went down in real life. <laughs> but when they walk out, because when they walk in, Bill Pullman was cocky as shit. When they walk out, he says, Sorry, Bobby, and walks out of the room. <laughs> uh, and that scene was great, but it, the, none of the rest of the movie lives up to that level, I didn't think. So. I'm ready for some Emma Stone. I'm ready for her to to, to come back. Uh, La La Land obviously wasn't that long ago, but then before that, in between Birdman and La La Land, like she did some forgettable stuff like I Aloha. I want to see her like getting that. her Amy Adams stuff. Yeah. I want to see her doing an Arrival or I need a more of that. something weighty and heavy because she's great yes but it's so much of her stuff is light like even la la land she almost makes me cry but that movie is that's not a heavy movie right right, i want to see her do something heavy well that's Mm -hmm. the thing too it's hard to believe that she's 30 yeah and and uh, i think she could still play like easy a if she wanted to it's one of those type of things uh, but it is time for her to get some yeah. more grown up type of stuff. Uh, I, I, it's, it's astounding to me that she is, she's 30, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time. It's time for her to get to, get to that, now maybe like it said, could be she Amy took Adams this stuff. gig thinking this was going to be that. And then throughout the course of the production, it just, cause it, it just doesn't give the dramatic part of it enough weight. And it gives way too much time to Steve Carell being goofy and jokey and, um, Anyway, I it did not hopes. look. Yeah, I, I was not interested in, in watching this just yeah, from the trailer I, alone. And I was even thinking, man, Steve Carell in Foxcatcher was like he showed me something there. Oh yeah, no, and, he and, and mean, then he just reverted right back to the office. For and this he's movie. got so much more range. I mean, look at Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, or like he, oh yeah, a lot of the shit that he's done, or even the Big Short. Like he he can he's got range. He's yeah. got a lot of range. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where if you're going to do a Bobby Riggs type character, you, I mean, yeah, you're going to think of a Michael Scott, somebody who's like super yeah. sexist and uh, says inappropriate things and everything. So I can see why he was cast and did that. It's not like this one movie degrades all the other stuff that he's. Done. Oh no, no, I, I think it does. Nice, I think it totally degrades. <laughs> yes, because of this movie, Emma Stone should be nixed. That's Let's right. End her career. Blacklisted. <laughs> I have a quick warn, and it's it's because this movie is interesting to me. 
we just did Pacific Rim Uprising mm-hmm. uh, for the Sens channel. Mm-hmm. And I got into an email exchange with Jeremy. And I was like, man, this movie sucks. I prefaced it by saying this movie sucks. And the movie does suck. It's it's it it, it sucks. But <laughs> there's something about this movie <laughs> that I like. Mm. There's 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 like a I don't know if it's the color palette or if the effects do seem JV, but they're better than like a B movie. Like I, I, the, Charlie Day, Joe, John Boyega. Like, there's enough there to where like I would probably end up accidentally watching this again no. and watch the rest of it. I am hugging the tree. I'm not coming out on this branch with you. <laughs> I, I had an abysmal time watching that movie. I actually come away from that movie feeling sorry for John Boyega. That's the number one thing I feel coming away from that because somebody sold him a bill of goods. Yeah, somebody sold him a movie that they never intended to to make in terms of. That's the reason I made that joke about it being feeling JV because yeah. it feels like they sold Boyega on the on the varsity version of this movie <laughs> and then budgeted it to where they could only hire JV people all around him. Yep. And it's just, it's really disappointing. <laughs> Bait and switch, <laughs> man. They're like, we got an Eastwood. And he's like, really, Clint? <laughs> well, it's Scott. <laughs> but he squints a lot. Yeah. I love that that Sins video has a sin that calls him by name and then like five sins later calls him dis- Discount Chris Evans. Yeah, not, not Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. <laughs> my We've favorite, already proven we know who My it is. favorite was the Discount Shailene Woodley because that, that girl oh, yeah. is totally oh, she Discount is. Shailene Woodley. She is. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, no there's, no, there's no reason to watch this. The females have no agency whatsoever. Uh, the effects are not good. Uh, Charlie Day is way over the top. The poor dude, uh, science guy at the end is shot entirely like in weird Dutch angles, like straight on. Uh, just, just mm, something about it. You'll is, probably watch it again. It's, it's a twenty percent for me, and I've watched twenty percent movies twice. I have too. That's all right. Mm. I don't. I like. I like it. I don't. I don't agree with you, but I like that you're willing to put that. Yeah. Out there. I mean, I'm not going to watch Consenting Adults again, but I would probably watch. <laughs> By the way, did you know Chris watched Consenting Adults after no, I did that? Watched like it the that same day. day. Yeah. Watched it that day. You regretted it? We had an epic text exchange. <laughs> oh, man, I bet it was I, awesome. Uh, I was like, because I got about, uh, I can't remember where I was in the movie. I guess I, just, I guess I watched the whole thing. But uh, yeah, I texted him. What did I say? I was like, uh, I don't even understand what, <laughs> what the plan is in this movie oh like, no it's because he gets let out on bail and then goes ex- oh, right yeah. to the crime scene yeah he gets let out right. on bail. he walks into the house where he supposedly murdered oh jesus person. yeah like uh <laughs> the doors open it's amazing oh uh, yeah uh consenting adults what uh what in the actual fuck is going on in this movie <laughs> I was like, Spacey's plan is ludicrous. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, did they let Kevin Klein out on bail? Because he's, he's, he's murder. on murder. Yes. They yes. let him out on bail, and he's just he comes out, and he's just like investigating the murder. <laughs> For days on end, he can travel anywhere. He goes to like New Orleans and like South Carolina, and like he's just all over the place. Yikes. And uh, it's one of those movies, too, like the the beginning of it where it was like uh here's why this movie's rated r four and it was like nudity strong sexual content i was like fuck yeah <laughs> i'm gonna watch this movie and there's, there was no strong sexual content no there no was a little bit of nudity but well, it was- uh, speaking of movies we talked about last week i watched straw dogs this week oh yeah oh yeah the, the james marsden kate bosworth Boy, i regret that yeah yeah well it's got some, some we got it a little we got it a little wrong because like she used to date sarsgaard 
Skarsgård. Battleship. He's yeah. It's Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Is he related to Stellan? He is. He's uh, his son. Yeah. Okay. And just like Bill Skarsgård, which is their brothers. The guy from it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Sweet. I'm actually going to try and remember that this time. <laughs> um, he dated her in high school. Uh huh. And she moved away, and now she's a famous actress. She's on a TV show. And she's moved back to town with her screenwriting husband, James Marston, who may be the most woefully miscast person in a movie ever, <laughs> because he should be playing one of these redneck rapists that's fixing the roof. Sorry, I don't mean that. I'm just uh, saying James Marsden playing the kind of nebbish, meek, non-alpha male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that it just it doesn't really work. But there's a part where they take him out hunting. Everybody. Skarsgård's there. Uh, Wally Balls from Entourage, or the, the porn director guy that they keep working with, <laughs> Billy. What is his name, Reese? Uh, um, that actor's in this. They take Marston out hunting. It's not hunting season, by the way, so he's going to get in trouble later for having shot a buck. Uh, but somehow, they get separated while hunting. Skarsgård leaves the hunting grounds and goes all the way back to Marston's house, where he's convinced Kate Bosworth wants to sleep with him because she let him see her change her shirt through the window earlier. Ah. Uh. She f- explicitly says no, but he's still convinced that this is some kind of a game, and he rapes her. Uh-huh. Then he realizes she didn't want it, right when the guy from Entourage walks in. Skarsgård feels bad and sits down to think about what he's done, and the other guy rapes her. Oh, yeah. Uh, you also probably forgot James Woods is in this movie mm. as an oh. angry, God-loving, America-loving prick. Hmm. Seems to be coming up a lot. Who wants to kill the guy from Prison Break. Dominic, whatever, Dracula. <laughs> I'm all over this guy. Dominic Purcell, something like that. Oh, that's right. Dominic Purcell. Um, He's basically Lenny from Grapes of Wrath. Right. <laughs> of Mice and Men. <laughs> and he keeps, he keeps touching and breaking and hurting women. And James Woods has a hot cheerleader daughter, and he wants to kill this guy because he talked to the daughter. Oh. That's a major subplot. In fact, all of the whole entire climax of the movie happens because that guy actually does accidentally kill James Woods' daughter and ends up trying to hide at Case Bosworth's house. So Skarsgård and James Woods and all the evil rapists are outside and Marston says, no, I'm not going to let you in. And then the confrontation. Boy, and then they, they, he kills I really the regretted guy. watching this movie. This oh. movie was not fun. Yeah, nothing about that sounds fun. No. I, I mean, I, I saw it and this sounds familiar. But yeah, yeah, like Walton Goggins is in it. He's got like five scenes. He's basically George from Mm. Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of (laughs) Wrath. Yes. Yes. Everybody remembers that character. So you, all right, you covered covered Prison Break of Mice and Men. Dracula. Dracula. (laughs) Wally Balls. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I Pennywise. Didn't even, I didn't even do one blue crush. <laughs> a battleship. I got a battleship. battleship. In <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's I know, amazing. We ran the gamut. Oh my God! Hey, next week, baby. Questions. We'll be doing fucking questions. That's right. We've had questions that we've wanted to answer for about three months now, <laughs> and we still do. And we've got enough to fill a whole episode and, more. Oh, and yeah, then I'll be sending Barrett even more after. We're and they're done. all they're fun, man. I like we we I really enjoy because. We can come up with our own stuff, and we've got this template of, like, you know, going through and talking about all the, the movies with the states and everything and our rants. But seeing, getting questions from different perspectives of, like, you know, what's your favorite scene on a, in a water park or something like that? I, that's not one of them. But, like, you know, it something that, yeah, exactly. Some, something that we, we wouldn't think about. Yeah. Um, and uh, it forces you to kind of go outside. We've all got our favorite movies that we can quote and all that stuff that we bring up over and over again. But, 
you also kind of like explore a little bit outside of that with these questions. So keep them coming. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of those many places that you can uh, ask questions is the Sincast presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. You can also go to Twitter, the Cinema Sins account. You can go to SoundCloud. There are a lot of places that you can come and do comments. That's uh, right. And each one of us represents one of those uh, entities. I'm Facebook. I am Facebook. You are Facebook. And I am Twitter. And Jeremy is Twitter. And <laughs> I'm Barrett Queens is, Boulevard. That's right. And Barrett is SoundCloud. Which is the same as Queens Boulevard. Uh, also on Music Video Sins Twitter, uh, got a question that uh, that uh, we uh, we loaded up for today. Yeah, that we'll get to next week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of yeah, a lot of places to find us and ask questions and uh, comment on the episode and everything. But that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Yeah, I got to see five of these movies. And then, uh, you know, Netflix has got some fucking thing awesome. Dump an entire season of something. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone through two fucking seasons on Netflix <laughs> in the past week or two. And he's just, uh, and then there's you know other movies coming out like Eighth Grade at Belcourt, Mission Impossible. Uh, I really want to see. Have we ever had any uh, interaction with Bo Burnham? No, I don't think so. Because he kind of came up around when you guys started, right? Every time one of these guys comes out. He's like a Tiger Woods in the entertainment industry. I'm going to try this. He's fucking awesome at it. I'm going to try this. He's fucking awesome at it. And I'm like, this is how I know I'm always going to be just kind of okay at one or two things. <laughs> right? Like, I've never... Because if I was going to be that good, then the first of everything I ever did would be that good. Yep. And it's just not. Yep. It's not. If Bo Burnham put out a novel about disabled superhero kids, it wouldn't have any typos in it. It would go to the number one on the bestseller list and already be converted into a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's got the it. Yeah. I don't know if he came around that time that we we started. I know that he had had that big special where it was uh, just a whole bunch of things. It wasn't just stand-up comedy. Oh yeah, that was music. Yeah, and and just like uh, play on the stand up comedy thing, like it was a big one man show. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. The first thing that he ever came out with, and he was like twenty, probably nineteen or twenty when he did it. I think prior to that, he just had a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he did that, and I think he actually has done two of those shows, two different one man shows that are critically acclaimed and have lots of fans. He's like, oh, I'm going to make a movie. It's apparently, by all accounts, <laughs> fantastic. fucking awesome. Yeah. Of course, you know, like, we have to, you know, you have to also stand back a little bit and realize that a lot of times when these when these guys come out with their first movie, it's something that's very personal to them that they've been yeah. chewing on for years. Yeah, it's like Greta Gerwig. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and, and to, to find out if they're truly talented in that sphere, I think you have to kind of see if they've got five or six or seven good movies in them because you know like um i like mike berbiglia i've seen mm-hmm. both of his movies he's directed uh i thought sleep sleepwalk with me is really good movie and then i saw um the uh don't think twice movie that did you did. like that uh i thought it was all right i thought it was good yeah i mean but he's you he's, can tell that's very personal he's too, another, right? that's another thing that he knows yeah. very well and everything and i would you know I'd, I'd like to see what he would do if you just gave him 
Transformers or some yeah. shit. You know, yeah. he wouldn't do a Transformer, but you know awesome. what I mean. You know. Well, that's why Jordan Peele is so unbelievable because he went with something completely opposite that he was accustomed mm-hmm. to, never directed before, I don't think. And I mean, yeah, some of the content is is personal, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but the story wasn't. Yeah, I think the only thing I might ever be good at is like stories. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. know if I will ever consider myself a good writer as much as I like the book that I wrote. I think my story is awesome. Hell yeah, it but is. I don't know that the writing is as good as the story is. And if you know. were making a movie of that, and I were on set, and I was the director, and you were like, "All right, where do you want to put the camera?" I would be, I would be frozen. Yeah. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> you have to have some sort of experience. Like Jordan Peele obviously was on the other side of the camera, but I'm sure he was like poking around and like asking questions and stuff like that yeah i I, I think i would have no clue like what end of the camera to look through (laughs) well yeah and i mean i i guess to a certain extent you have you have people who surround themselves with talented knowledgeable individuals they trust um but then you have i think you have these people who just know they just have this vision Mm. and whether they know how to articulate it in film terminology or not they know where they want the camera they know what they want in the shot and i i would not be that guy i'm not like the shot composition guy <laughs> i'm like i'm you probably you probably i really should be writing quick. comic books because i think that that is the only place i could ever shine truly you and uh, sims are going to do that thing actually i think we are uh over, awesome. over a couple of months because what happened was he sent me he sent me a page of panels for He's done this twice in the last week for something he's working on. And I said, that looks awesome. And it's especially fun because none of the speech bubbles and narration is there. I can make up the story as it goes. <laughs> and he said, LOL. And I was like, for instance, the bottom middle panel, she's saying this. And it was like, get out of here, you ghost seeing white boy. <laughs> 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 and and he, was, he started laughing. I was like, we should do a whole comic like this. And he was like, yeah. And then I, I asked his permission before he tweeted it. <laughs> But the response has been pretty insane. Like that tweet got way more attention than my cat tweet. Oh, really? The same night, and that never happens because huh. cat tweets. <laughs> they kill. Half the reason I only <laughs> I ever post a cat tweet is because I just want something positive on my feed. <laughs> I want something people can rally behind and say we all like this. Yeah, mm, I'm intrigued. Mad libs for comics. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but adjective. Yeah. Exactly. Verb. Yeah. I am, however, going to see. Uh, Mission Impossible tomorrow. We're gonna see it tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys are balls. Me Even too. though it's like two hours and thirty minutes long. Or something I don't care. Like that. It's gonna be two hours and thirty minutes of awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>